Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Who's not following the stories and the tragedy coming out of Ukraine? Uh, hardly anyone, I would say. And uh, a million have fled Ukraine now in a week. In less than a week, one million people have left the country. The front page on the Red Tops this morning talk of the fall of the Roman Empire. And, of course, this has to do with Roman Abramovich, like the Red Tops today are saying that um, he is, uh, you know, that there's a reason why he's selling Chelsea. It's to get rid of it ahead of uh, even more biting sanctions um, which will affect him. He's probably lost a lot of money already because of sanctions against Russia. But they figure that Chelsea could make $3.6 billion. And he says that any net profits from the sale of Chelsea, he will give to the Ukrainian victims of Ukrainian war. Meanwhile, Conor McGregor last night stated that he wished to explore the possibility of buying Chelsea. I mean, would McGregor need a loan for that? Or has he got that kind of money? You guys would know more than me about that. $3.6 billion. Uh, But it's a story that makes many of the papers today uh, because uh, McGregor wants in because Abramovich wants out. But, you know, with regards to death and destruction, um, and, you know, there's a lot of different conflicting numbers with regards to people who've paid the ultimate price of the war in Europe. And, um, you know, the the one that I came across this morning was the 2,000 civilians have now died in Ukraine. And that includes 18 children. Now, the figures with regards to Russian soldiers varies all over the place, with the Russians claiming that it's a number of hundreds. Uh, others then put it closer to, like the papers this morning say, it could have been as high as 7,000 so far, uh, Russian soldiers. But the first Ukrainian city, as you heard in the news, that makes the front of the independent. First Ukrainian city falls to Putin's army, and that is Kherson. Uh, confirmed to have fallen to the enemy. This morning, the Mirror talks about uh, a baby born in a bomb shelter uh, with the headline, uh, For His Sake, For His Future, Stop a Boy Born in a Bomb Shelter Beneath Putin's Murderous Attack on Kiev. And the small little newborn baby is being cradled in his dad's arms in what clearly looks like as if they're in ghetto conditions. Irish aid... Uh, travelling to uh, Ukraine. I'll touch more on that again this morning, but there's a story in the mirror this morning. It says, Irish aid is at the border. Refugees are escaping hell, and um, we have many, many aid organisations going into Ukraine, and a lot of them are Irish. Uh, As I say, nearly a million have already fled Putin's brutal attack, but for those that are there, they need our help. And Putin's now been accused of genocide. What's interesting about this is that um, what I heard this morning, early this morning on the BBC, that in Russian schools now, they are, they've sent pamphlets and booklets to the teachers to teach the children in the schools in Russia what's going on in Ukraine. And the teachers have been told to tell the children that this is a peacekeeping mission. A peacekeeping mission. Meanwhile, the ICC, the International Criminal Court, is investigating Putin and Russia now for war crimes. So that's a headline in the mail today. Putin now accused of genocide in horrific new blitz. And they say that he will unleash colossal destruction with missile attacks targeting all cities, including Kiev. And yet, in spite of all of that, we still hear at a UN vote yesterday of countries that... uh, either abstained from condemning Russia or indeed um, didn't vote at all or voted against, like India and China uh, facing angry backlash last night, last night because both of them abstained from the UN vote to condemn the invasion of Ukraine. And one of the areas that people are disseminating a lot more information is TikTok. Now, it can be used for accurate information and accurate videos, but it can also be used for propaganda. And I was hearing yesterday that a lot of people don't know what's true and what's not, particularly with regards to TikTok videos. Are they Ukrainian? 
are they current or are they old video footage from wars in other parts perhaps of, of Eastern Europe and the Baltic there are other news stories making the papers today I won't dwell much on the hotel discrimination case because they covered it in the news but it involves a traveller family uh, three of them including a grandmother uh, who've been um, told they're going to be awarded 16,000 euro uh, from the hotel the Charleville Park Hotel when the hotel refused them a night's stay at the hotel that's a kind of a lengthy report that makes this morning's examiner and echo and if you're looking for housing well there could be 600 built on the old CMP dairy site and they'll build upwards some interesting computer images of this making uh, the echo today but 600 on that site on the Tremor Road uh, can't be snuffed at if it's uh, if it's space that's going a begging and it would work for housing then just build. And then there's a very troublesome, a very troubling story makes the, the court reports of the Echo today. There's an allegation made where a, a middle-aged Cork woman told the judge and the jury that her partner raped her and was cruel to her three children and he would declare, my house, my rules. That's an ongoing case in the Cork courts today. And you probably know of the uh, ex-2FM DJ uh, presenter Owen McDermott. Uh, he um, uh, tweeted yesterday for the first time in, in 12 months and accompanied the tweet, of course, with legal letters that he received um, from the uh, young woman who made allegations against him, false allegations against him online last year. Now, subsequently, his world imploded. Uh, but the papers this morning pick up on that clearly, and it's very much talked about online. A uh, bit of a legal minefield, that one, I think. But um, 2FM DJ Owen is suing Twitter now. He has broken his silence because his accuser has admitted to making false allegations against him. False allegations, including allegations of sexual assault, illegal drug use. These allegations, of course, were posted anonymously uh, on a social media platform in 2021. Among the allegations now that have been refuted and reversed, the woman accepts without reservation. She accepts that she was above the age of consent at the time. Contrary to her original claim, she accepts that she falsely claimed that your client had fled the country. Uh, it also says that um, she uh, is acknowledged that the inaccurate and unfounded claims against uh, McDermott's family Amongst the claims were that uh, they exerted influence over the Garda Shikana, that they were attempting to pervert the course of justice, were all false. So um, I don't know what will happen when he uh, takes on a Twitter because that one will probably end up going very, very legal and could t- well take some time because much of this happened in Twitter and they would say that, you know... Twitter's a publishing platform and, you know, needs to be held accountable for what it publishes. Uh, I don't know whether you worry about, you know, the kitchen and the restaurant that you go into, that everything's savvy and above board and pretty cool inside in the kitchen and clean and what have you. But the latest report now of consumer complaints in the Food Safety Authority makes the examiner today. And some of them include um, a piece of wood inside soup. A spider floating in a takeaway cocktail. Remember, everybody was getting cocktails back in the day when the pubs were closed. Uh, And a disposable glove discovered inside in a pie. Bad enough. Could be a lot worse. Maggots in soup, though. That's as bad as you can get. Insects, plastic, metal, glass and hair. All of those were the more recent reports. And here finally for now is the story that we've dealt with on a number of occasions over the years. And that is a neighbor's dog that just barks and barks and barks and drives the next-door neighbours demented. There is a story in the mirror today of a dog that barked for 11 years. That dog has now been seized 
on the order of the court and the judge and a warden now will have to take the dog away it's a German shepherd like hound so it would have one hell of a loud bark but the man behind it Shane Shannon and his uh, um, and his family were driven mad by the noisy pooch a large dog that's been barking for as long as I've been there and that's 11 years the dog has been barking a hundred times a day He complained and complained and complained and eventually went legal. And the dog's being removed from the house so he can get a bit of peace. I've got letters and emails of that from time to time down through the years. And I bet there's somebody listening to me right now who's driven distracted by a neighbor's barking dog. It's not as if, I mean, okay, it's not as if they don't hear the dog if they're in the house. But a lot of the time people are gone for the entire day and have no idea of what the neighbors at home have to live with and put up with. And then just very fun. Oh, you can get in touch with me actually if you have a story like that to share. Text 0868104106. If you want to share a story on it, uh, you can always email neil at redfm.ie. But they've printed um, and done the research on the 10 saddest songs ever. Do you know what the saddest song they say of all time was? R.E.M.'s Everybody Hurt. Hurts, followed by Sinead O'Connor's Nothing Compared to You, Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton. I think we'd all agree that those top three are very, very sad. I'll Always Love You, Whitney Houston, The Beatles Yesterday, Adele, Someone Like You, My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion, Roy Orbison's Crying, although I prefer the Only Fools and Horses version, Eric Carmen's God-awful song, All By Myself, and Robbie Williams' Angels. I wouldn't say that Robbie Williams' Angels is a sad song. Nothing that you sing along to with gusto can be deemed a sad song, but the other nine I go for, all right? The Neil Prenderville Show. It's going to be a busy morning. You can get in touch. Text 0868104106. Can I just say from 10 o'clock this morning, we will have the bus. I'm not 100% sure whether it will be the big red bus, but it certainly will be a bus at Maham Point. Today is the day that we broadcast live from Maham Point, and uh, Phil will be there from midday. But the bus is there from... 10 o'clock this morning until 4 o'clock this afternoon if you would like to give aid. And I will give you an idea of what's needed again in a few minutes' time. I know I did it at length yesterday, but it's there from 10 this morning if you want to get down. I'll also be calling out an awful lot of other appeals that people around the city, suburbs and county are engaging in. And we have a lot of texts on it also. Uh, mind you, not everybody uh, is uh, altogether positive about this. How can you spend your program advertising something about housing Ukrainians. Are you effing serious? There are thousands of Irish families homeless, and here you are supporting the fact that they will come into our country and more than likely then get houses before 90% of the people on waiting lists for homes. It's absolutely horrible to think that our government treat us like this and then the likes of you advertising it for them to come over here. But yet on air you'll act like you care about the people of Cork. Act like you care. You don't give a damn. You just want the listeners who will share anything. You're pathetic. And as horrible as it is what's going on in Ukraine right now, can they come here for homes when half of us don't even have homes and are homeless? Well, fair play to you, says Kieran. Quite critical of me, I have to say. Uh, I wonder if you would agree or disagree with that. Text 0868104106. Meanwhile, there's a war going on in Ukraine and people are dying. Sarah, good morning. Good morning. Um, what do you, what do you think of that incident? Do you think it's a bit it's a bit over the top or a bit overly critical? Or would you agree with any of it? Uh, it, it, it it's uh, listening to that just now. That was that was really awful and very very sad. I picked up on 
the person in Cork yesterday on a, a family member of mine commented on the thread on Facebook and and basically it was somebody asking Cork people to start coming forward to offer a room in their house. Yeah. Um, which I think that is the way to go. It it would be it would be very difficult for us to offer Ukrainian refugees um, accommodation if we then take over rental properties um, and other facilities that should be available to help our own homeless. Um, we would be really shooting ourselves in the foot if we did it that way. In the Syrian crisis a few years ago, I offered a bedroom in my house um, via the Red Cross who were looking for people, but eventually the government decided to do direct provision. Um, so I, that, that didn't work out. I would offer a room in my house right now, except that it, it's things have changed and I actually don't have a spare bedroom. Right, yeah. But let the people at the top start showing example. And um, there was a lady on your thread yesterday. She said, the president, he has a huge house. And really, Michael D. Higgins, show the example to the Irish people and... Um, these refugees are going to come our way. Have us, they've started already about 300 so far. Yeah. Really, already in? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Now, my, one of the other things that really, that we have hundreds, thousands of holiday homes lying empty. Now, anybody who has holiday facilities and needs to earn a living out of them, I'm not talking about them, but people who have a holiday home that's literally sitting there empty. People who don't need the income from that during the summer. I had two callers on air yesterday, incidentally, who did just that. They have offered their holiday homes, one in South exactly. Kerry and the other in West Cork. Take them away. Are you saying that other other accommodation alternatives need to be come up with so that it doesn't okay. impede Irish people looking for a home, is it? Absolutely. Okay. I, 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 it really has to be done that way. Now, I'm coming from a point of view where I have had family members who ended up homeless and trying to get accommodation, rental accommodation, it's it's a nightmare. Yeah. And yeah. I've been through that process with somebody else. I'm very lucky I own my own home. But I was up in Colony a couple of years ago looking for a property for a friend who was coming home from England. We ended up in two places, in Sligo and in Donegal, where there were holiday villages. They were absolutely empty. It was October, late October. At hundreds of houses just lying there mm. all winter long. Mm. Can we do something there? We, we, I don't believe in God, but it, it is a Christian country, mm. Catholics mainly. If you really are a Christian, if you're sending your kids out, in, in the near future we're going to have loads of children, confirmation and communion, and people do actually spend an awful lot of money on those events. Mm. Cut back, make a donation. But also, if, you, if you're sending your children out on that Christian route, think about being a real Christian yourself. Now, I wouldn't consider myself a Christian, but I'm going to do my damnedest mm. Mm. to help. I've already donated. There, there was a man from Inishbofen. He lives in Berlin. He has been looking for money to fund minibuses, and he's done his first run from Berlin to the Polish-Ukrainian border to pick up people and get them away from the pinch points. So the other thing I wanted to say was the Irish Red Cross are, are being very clear about this. They're actually asking people to stop giving stuff 
because getting the stuff to the points where it's needed is the logistics are a nightmare. And they're asking people for money donations that they can spend at the pinch point mm. where it's really yes easy. and you can do that getting, very easily actually stuff there. you can do that very easily it, it, it is it is it's very easy okay let me get so some more I calls suppose, on this. okay alright okay, okay so anyway you. just be you're, you're saying be careful about housing when there's a shortage anyway come up with alternatives so that could be hotels guest houses holiday homes right I think particularly holiday homes I don't think it's fair to ask a hotel to start taking in refugees however closed hotels um, and also set up a volunteer network of people like me who would be there to assist and help. Um, for example, I would be happy to, to start teaching English okay. to refugees whose English is limited. Good for you. Okay, thank you for that. Appreciate the call. Catherine, good morning. Hi, good morning. Uh, thanks for holding. I just wanted to pick up on this with you because I already got a, a text in saying as horrible as it is what's going on in Ukraine, uh, how can they come here for homes when half of us don't even have a home and are homeless? What do you think of a comment like that from Kieran? Um, yeah, like I understand where he's coming from. Like my point, I, I did actually, like when you see the images coming through on the news and I just think that it could be me and my children. Do you know and my first reaction was, could I home, could I offer like a room to a family or to a mother and her but, but if you did, you said in your text, your worry is who'd pick up the cost of feeding them and keeping them, is it? Well, that's it. Yeah, like, I, you know, my first reaction was, yeah, I'd love to do it. But like, would I, where, where, like, will they have money or will the government give them money or is it up to us then to, you know, to provide food and would, would it be and, would it be a big deal to feed a hot meal or to give over a, a, an unused bedroom? I'm just just wondering, would it cost a lot? Well, it would long term. I mean, what? How long are you looking at? You know, like it won't. It's not just for a week, or it's not just for a few nights. Yeah. Do you know, it's absolutely long term. Like and like, I'm a single mother on my own. Ah, so uh, yeah. Okay. So there would be a pinch point that people wouldn't be able to go to because they're already pinned to their collar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like so while you would like to help, you financially wouldn't be able to support them. No, and like, has the government thought of this? Like, are they? What you know? They're just saying, oh, we're going to like house twenty thousand refugees. Like, but have they thought? You know, what's the next step? Okay, I'm just go- I'm just going to check that actually and see if we can perhaps get any information as to what their plan is, what their plan they have in, in place already for refugees who are coming in. Where are they sending them now? Where are they housing them? You know, maybe they yes. have their own plan and maybe they just need the public to help if there's a spillover and there's a shortage. I'm not actually 100% sure what Simon Coveney is proposing, you know. Yeah, exactly. I don't think anyone, is. he probably isn't either. You'd like to, but could we afford it? Okay, well, thank you for that. Appreciate it. Text 0868104106. Uh, some of the comments that are doing the rounds online, there are a lot of empty convents around the country already with facilities for cooking and washing. Could these be brought back into use for a while, at least to provide mer- emergency accommodation? Sandra said, this suggestion has been put forward time and time and again in crisis situations. Plenty of Catholic institutions that are lying empty and maintained fully. It would be such a Christian gesture to step up and help those in need. Just a thought. Uh, Claire picked up on that point online. Look at the priest's houses, for example. Uh, the parish houses around the city and suburbs. Examples of huge houses being used by a couple of priests that could be utilised immediately. As for Simon Coveney and their family, 
They have huge, huge houses in the Blackrock Road, mansions, again, that could be utilised for the benefit of humanity. Well, I don't think Simon Coveney lives on the Blackrock Road. I think he lives down around Carrigalineway. I think we are all feeling a bit angry because of the housing crisis our own people are enduring. But there's always a solution and we'll find ways to help Ukrainians. Uh, what about pods or other types of modular homes? Uh, morning, says Mick, still waiting on the rich in this country who live in a mansion with plenty of spare rooms to offer. Let's see, will our glorious politicians lead or will TV personalities with big houses or holiday homes come forth instead? Laura says, I'm all for this, but wouldn't, uh, but wouldn't compiling a list through an official agency be safer for both sides? Uh, Emanuela says, couldn't the Russian embassy accommodate? <laughs> I don't think so. Angela says, I can't believe what some people are saying. The people are running for their lives with babies and children in fear, with the clothes on their back, husbands and sons being left behind. It's horrific. If people have nothing nice to say, don't say anything unless you can help. Keith says, good luck trying to get them back out of your house. Uh, who are these people? Are they being Garda vetted? Uh, back to the phone lines. Dan's on line one. Dan, good morning. Good morning. Uh, listen, I agree with a couple of your calls here this morning, actually. And, so, and some of those uh, emails you got as well. Like, there's a lot of holiday homes that are vacant for maybe six months a year. All, and there's a lot of politicians have two and three houses in the place. Let them rent them out. And I heard one of your politicians saying yesterday that uh, the hotels, what's going to happen to all the tourists coming to the country if the, if the hotels are not, are, are, are full up with people? Yeah, this is the, this is early March though, you know. I wouldn't imagine I know, that, but know. Need, need they're saying, they're, our politicians are saying, saying different things and they're not even thinking about the, what they're saying. Well, we have an, obliga- I mean? we have an ob- obligation, don't we? Uh, every country we do, in Europe course, does. Yeah, we do. Just as and, much as we have an obligation to send aid. I know. Uh, look, we sent at home here, we sent stuff into Bandon yesterday. Actually, you know oh, what? I had a pal that went down to Bandon yesterday to Precision yeah. Engineering and he said the place was mobbed with people dropping off. It was mobbed with cars coming in every, every couple of minutes with stuff. And all I'm saying to you, the people, what's happening to women and children over there is absolutely desperate. And you know something? Not very far from where we are talking, it happened to our people as well. How do you mean? Of people that came from from people that people in 1969 were burned That's out of houses and came down over the border. They did, they did come down south, didn't they? They You're did, right. of course. Yeah. Of course they didn't. Yeah, yeah. And look, at, look, and look, I'm not going down that road no big. All I'd say two things. Look at Belly Murphy and Bloody Sunday. And we, we actually... We actually only, uh, was, was 50 years ago, two weeks ago, about uh, the bloody Sunday shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but Neil, listen just we have plenty accommodation all over the place. Ed. Plenty vacant houses, plenty, the people are with convents and everything, we have plenty, plenty. But plenty. is it a reasonable, I mean, somebody's just suggesting that it's fine to ask somebody into your home, but who's going to pay to feed and clothe them? And heat the room and all of the extra expenses That's that right. would be imposed, and, incurred. And those people then, they'd come out, Neil, they'd come out to my house and your house. And if we're living out far and they need transport, there might be no bus to stop outside the door. Yeah, but maybe only people that can afford to pick up the slack should say, OK, I'm, I'm willing to help and I'm willing to well, incur exactly, the expense. Ex- exactly. You exactly, can't ask yeah. somebody who's pinned to their collar, you know, who just doesn't have the money. Um, of course you can't. So I, I understand that point, but it, it shouldn't mean that we should knock it on the head completely, you know? Yeah. Oh, of, course, of course we shouldn't, because look, we, are, we, have sent, we, have, we sent stuff all over the world to people in need. We do. 
and we're, we're actually a great nation for looking after people like that. We okay, are fantastic. Good points. Thanks for that. Nice one. Thanks, As always, Thanks, by bye email, bye just bye. like everyone else, I'm shocked at the inhumane hate behaviour of Putin. Uh, the Russian, the Ukrainian people are amazing in their will to stand up to a superior military force. It's heartbreaking to hear the stories of loss and family separation. The Irish people have also been fantastic in their efforts to get aid to them. However, not everyone can give food, clothes or money. Food isn't needed. Just as the suggestion to show support to the Ukraine, maybe we as a country could wear blue and yellow clothes at the weekend or some blue and yellow. It'll cost nothing. It's easy to do. It would show, show solidarity with Ukrainian people and could also help explain to young children what's going on in the world in a softer kind of way. Just an idea. Maybe you could share the idea on air with your fellow presenters and your listeners. Thanks for that, Sean. Text 0868104106. Text The Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Back to the phone lines. Dave, good morning. Thanks for holding. No problem, Neil. Okay, what are your thoughts on all of this? Well, I, I know what's happening in Ukraine is, is absolutely disgraceful. But like I think what's happening in Ireland <laughs> with a long time is, is it's we're a small country and like we we need to look after the people of Ireland. Surely uh, in what I think is the people of Europe, the bigger countries could take more of this because the people of Ireland are struggling. And if we need help too Yeah <laughs> from um, our own government especially. You know, you so ca- I just think like the stuff that's happening in Ukraine is absolutely unimaginable in this <laughs> in these times. But what about all the people that are homeless here? And even the families that aren't homeless but are struggling. Really, but, but nobody's talking about giving anyone an actual home, though. Surely, we're talking about taking people in as refugees for a temporary period of time, whether it's in hotels or guest houses, B and Bs, Airbnb, or on board with it, holiday homes, people who have a spare bedroom. That's like, you know, yeah. your, your text refers to you know queue jumpers. They're they're not skipping the Irish housing queue. Yeah, but so we're going to have to give them all the benefits. We're going to have to look after them. Now, I know that's all good, and we're a country that is in a little bit of a position to do this, but on the scale that we do it, for a country of our size, and our own people are struggling, I just think, like, if they're on about these, why can't the homeless of Ireland have been availing of these things for the last 20 years? as emergency accommodation for those Unfortunately, people. many are. They do end up in hotel bedrooms. They do end up in B&B, you know, they do. Yeah, I know there is some, but the, the majority are, are out in the streets. Either on the like street. The well, people dying on our streets. Yeah, yeah. You know, why can't we put these people into emergency accommodation first? Yeah. And then, if there's room left, of course we should take some people from Ukraine. There's no doubt about that. But they need to work on this better, that the Irish people are being looked after. Because we know when they come and they get their come, we're still going to have to look after them. You know, and the Irish people are struggling to look after themselves. Um, just listen to this, actually. I don't know whether, whether Kate is coming on air, but she said, do these people not realise that these refugees don't even have money to rent houses? Uh, for feck's sake, we're a non-NATO country, and if we got invaded... If we got invaded as a non-NATO country, we'd be the first to look for refuge. 
She says, I can't believe this is being debated. Our homeless aren't shielding themselves from bombs. They aren't leaving husbands, sons and brothers to possibly die at war. They're running in fear, leaving their lives and probably completely traumatised. I can't come on air, but I'm so ashamed of Corkonians who are being so selfish and bringing politics and greed into a war that was started by politics in the first place. Yeah, you see, there, of course there's good arguments to each side of it. <laughs> you know, of course there is. Of course we have to help. You know, but to the scale that we're looking at doing it is, is kind of what That I, you and your text said that we'd end up with 20,000 more people skipping the Irish queue. And that's getting at ben- least. Getting be- at least, and getting benefits that the people of Ireland can't get or are frustrated trying to get, and that makes it a disgrace. Yeah, I, I just think the scale we're trying to do it of bringing them in for such a small country that is struggling. The scale they're trying well, to do Well, we struggled things. many times over the hundreds and hundreds of years of our existence. We struggled in the famine um, and we got an awful lot of aid from overseas. It wasn't a famine, actually. It was a genocide. And then, of course, when Cork was burned to the ground by the Tans and the Auxiliaries in the 1920s, there was an awful lot of aid came in to help Corkonians uh, and many people, you know, we, we've 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 got aid ourselves in the past. Yeah, and and sure, we're sending a lot of aid too. Like we we can keep sending aid. There's no problem with that. But it's on the scale that they try, they're trying to bring them in. So send money and medicine, like, but don't bring people. Well, they can bring some. I I know. Like I'm trying to say, it, uh, on the scale that they'll try, that the the Irish will bring them in. To help them, like if we could do smaller amount of bringing in, you know, sort of our country needs needs to help our own people too. You know, so if they could bring less in, like the aid the people of Ireland, even for the people of Ireland, like when they're Ireland, Ireland people are in your text. You said Irish people first in Ireland always, and it should be, but it never really is. Is the thing that, like the Irish people struggle most in Ireland? Okay, okay. You know, and I just think if they brought in some Ukrainians for temporary accommodations and stuff, that's all well and good. <laughs> like, how many of them are going to stay for good? Okay, feel free to hold. Well, I would imagine the vast majority will want to go home to the country they love. You know, they're not they're not welfare tourists. Yeah, but we don't know how long this thing is even going to go on. Okay. Hold on if you want. Seamus is standing by. First up, Vincent, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good. Pick up on that if you will. What I think about the whole thing is, number one, anyway, the government have no plans and they need an overall plan. Like I thought was fantastic on the radio listening to your show yesterday where the man from West Cork put up his house, um, a six-bedroom house, and he offered it. But that man should be paid. You should be paid by the state for supplying the house. But the point uh, I well, want that to make... Well, de- you see, that could be deemed as profiteering in an empty house then, you know. Well, I think the state have to come up... And that's with, not like, what motivated him, incidentally. He, he wanted to give... I know that. I know that. Yeah. But I think what I'm saying is the government should come up with a plan. But a separate point to that is, bringing in the Ukrainians, I think, would be very good for the country from a social point of view. If you take outside the cities, all the towns, villages, I go to carry a lot... Uh, and there's more people there. And like you take, there's a lot of single women, there's a lot of single farmers, there's a lot of single builders. From a so, like if you go back to the 40s and 50s, men and women couldn't meet. 
So I think bringing new blood into the country, whether they stay or whether they go back home, but from a social point of view... Of course they'll go back home. Sure, most of them, they're leaving husbands and partners will. behind. They will want to go some home. Of the, some of the Syrians open bakeries here. What I'm saying from a social integration point of view, it's very good. It would be very good for Ireland and particularly for rural okay, Ireland. Good, good point and thank you for making that. But what about the other aspect of people who are critical? Some are critical of it and Dave is reminding us wrong. that Irish people are first in Ireland always, that we're always last in the queue. We have to work for harder for what we deserve and what we're entitled to. Like, and, like I sit in the couch and a lot of people sit in the couch and watch the pictures on TV and like if they don't touch you, like you must be as cold as ice. Like families children, like some of the pictures I've seen. Are, like, yes, but, so, but some are saying that we have Irish families in similar situations that nobody gives a curse about. We're not that, like, I know, I know there's a huge housing problem and there's huge uh, problems in Ireland, but this is a particular situation of war where it's life and death, you know, and, you know, like, it's a very serious situation. Like, we can get by here in Ireland, you know, we can still get by. And I think we should, what we should be doing is putting a plan in place to get these people here, to put them up and to be kind to them. I think it's a very important thing to do. And I think long term, socially, it would be very, very good for Ireland. I go to Kerry a lot. There's a huge number of, of people single living on their own. Okay. And they'd meet up new, they'd meet up new people. They'd meet up new people. I think it would be a very good thing for the country to bring these people in and from just, like, it has to be done anyway. You look at the pictures, you, you, we just, look at Poland. They're, they're bringing in hundreds well, of Well, I see some texts saying that they should stop in Germany, for instance, or stop in Austria, or oh. perhaps stop in Switzerland or France. If you look at, at Poland, Poland have brought in about 600,000. Yeah, and stop in Poland. No, but the reports coming from Poland, when they arrive, the way it's organised, they're on a bus, they're giving food. The way, they've, the, way, the, way the Polish government have organised for the refugees to come into the country. Poland has a huge population. But the way, it, the RTE correspondent said, the way it's organised in Poland at the border is absolutely fantastic. Oh, yeah, I heard that. We, yeah, have, told me that. We, have to, we have to step up to the plate okay. here. Okay, thank you for that. And one point I'd make, it's, it's the... It's a hundred anniversary of Michael Collins, who I have just great time for in recent times. I've, you know, I've, I've, I've looked it up and studied, and he was a fantastic leader. You know, and I often say, you know, to people, what would Michael Collins do in this situation? I know what he'd do. He, he'd, he'd organize, and he'd get the men. It's about leadership here. What would, De- what, here. Okay, what would Dev have done on the other side? I'm just curious. Well, they've got a very narrow view of things, you know, a very, very narrow, uh, you know, I think Collins was a different ball game. Completely. You think Collins think was more compassionate than De Valera, who was on the other side yeah, of that civil war? Yeah, a broad-minded person. Would well, you, you think know? that De Valera would have been the kind of person who wouldn't have welcomed anybody, is it? Yeah, he, he, he was socially very narrow, you know, like, like you know, if you look back to history, De Valera held back Ireland socially for years, you know. He held the country back, like this dancing at the crossroads and all this old thing. You What's know, so wrong I mean, with that? It's part of our tradition, it's part of our culture, it's part of our music. We have a far better country now. We have a far better liberal country. 
you know, we've a you know far more open country, and we need we need more people to come into the country. Okay, a diverse look at you know diverse country. One final point, Neil, you were talking there about the, the songs uh, this morning. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the sad songs, yeah. and a very interesting one since December, since the start of the year. Quite a lot of the people that are going to A meetings and have alcohol-related issues like myself were off it. I find it extremely difficult, you know, uh, because of the opening up of the pubs. I find it really difficult. But funny thing, I didn't go back on it, which is great. But sure, I suppose it's only fair to say that the fact that the pubs were closed wouldn't stop somebody having a drink because we're still available. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, well, for me anyway, I don't know about other people, but I know a good number of people. You, act, I actually feel like buying a bottle of champagne and celebrating that COVID is over. That's how I feel. That well, again, make sure it's non-alcoholic champagne. But what has that to do with the sad songs? Because I can't imagine... Don't, please don't tell me you sit around listening to sad songs. No, no, no. Funny thing, that's the very point I'm making. The R.E.M. song, right? Everybody hurts. I, I actually find when I get the heebie-jeebies for drinks, I actually have put it on with the last two or three months and I find it very, very soothing. Well, then. Because in actual fact, in actual fact, everybody hurts sometime in their life, whether, whatever it should If have. you get inspiration you, from it, you keep playing it. I, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I'm asking you to play it for me on the radio this morning. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you what to do. I'll finish with it. I'll finish with it this morning around about seven minutes to midday. Thanks, Vincent. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Neil's got a new number. Call him now on 0818104106. There is uh, another appeal underway at the moment down in Bandon at the Riverview Shopping Centre. Our members will be holding a collection for financial do- donations this weekend. This is in the Red Cross. It will help the Red Cross teams that are on the ground to provide those affected with food, medicine, shelter and water. So it's money they're looking for uh, for those who have been displaced by conflict. So it's the Riverview Shopping Centre and Caulfield's Super Value in Bandon. It's the Irish Red Cross Bandon branch. uh, And I'm happy to pass that on to you. Back to the phone lines we go. Seamus, thanks for holding. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? Uh, Here we are. As You call it a banana republic. Why do you say that? Absolutely. Um, no, just I was listening to the, to the show this morning. I, was getting, I heard the comment, and whoever emailed it in or texted in. But I, to be honest with you, I, when I think about it and you look at the facts of the situation and everything, and the reactive nature of the statements made by our government members, um, I kind of agree with that uh, point of view. You know, uh, if you look at the facts, the point of view that what that we we shouldn't be well, bringing people into what what part of the conversation? Well, we can't. We're, we're a small country. You know, with a population but, that's not the, the facts are Neil, and on, that, on the basis that we've at the moment a country where by we've a population of roughly five million, five and a half million. We've now over one million people on hospital waiting lists and HSE. Um, we have uh, fifteen, just over 15,000 homeless families in Ireland. We have over 4,500 homeless Irish children. Bearing in mind this is supposed to be one of the wealthiest countries in the world. True, Europe, true. Ireland. I can't argue with those stats. Yeah. I can't. So, But they're, what, they're you're, what you're actually yeah. saying is, sorry, uh, Ukraine, we can't help. We'll send you a few, Bob. No, we, we, we have our own problems that. anyway. We have, yeah, and our own problems are surpassed and definitely supersede any level of problems that exist. But in other countries in the EU, not to mention the cost of living here is the highest in the EU. The cost of rent here is the highest in the EU. The cost of uh, taking out a mortgage or a personal loan in this country or a car loan and car tax 
is the highest in the EU. Yeah, I, can't, I don't disagree so with any of that. I mean, you always, you always back it up with fact. I understand facts, yes. that's all true, but at the same time, nine hundred thousand people have left. The vast majority of them, incidentally, will stay in Poland and Hungary and Slovakia and countries like. In fact, four hundred and fifty-four thousand of them are in Poland. One hundred and sixteen thousand have gone to Hungary. Sixty-seven thousand yeah. Slovakia. Forty-five thousand to Romania. Maybe the, maybe only those that will come will come because they might have relations here, sons or they, daughters they, here. They may do. Now, the only thing, like, I do, why I agree with the, 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 that person's comment, whoever emailed or texted into your show, is based on those facts that I just pointed out. But aside from that, this is not, this is nothing to do with, you know, taking away from the demise and the, you know, the, the misery that's being caused to the Ukrainian people. It's, it's disgusting and it's disgraceful. And it's great to see the West stand together against Russia and hopefully the Putin era will come to an end finally and the likes of Navalny will be freed. The guy who was poisoned, one of his critics, and poisoned and then had to go back to have himself in prison by Putin purely uh, for being a, you know, a critic. Or a, a, I know, a I know. And I also <laughs> accept that there are people out there who believe that's not our problem. It's awful. We'll send some money, and, uh, but we got to, you know, yeah. we, we have people waiting on medical cards. We have elderly people exactly. waiting on hospital appointments, home health exactly. care, um, you know, housing. You know, I get well, all of that. What, what disgusts me really is just, you know, the likes of Coveney, who's notorious for doing this, like Simon Coveney, along with our lamed up Taoiseach, who's on his way out the door in the, in the next 12 months, and Michal Martin, and especially Fianna Gael, they're notorious for this, for selling out young Irish people to the, to the, the, to the needs and wants of, of uh, our demands. Well, why, Seamus, do you always have to make it political? Why can't it just well, be compassionate? Well, uh, well, no, I'm not taking away from the, the compassion. You know, there, everyone has compassion with what's going on. Like, I'm all for, you know, there's, a, there, there's many people in this country that are going to help out, donate, send, you know, you know necessary products and, and, and you know, uh, materials abroad to help, the, you know, these, these poor unfortunate people. But, like, on real terms, it, it, at the political level, what we do have is our representatives, unfortunately, what we have in government is shocking at the moment. They're standing there on the news saying we're going to bring in X amount and more and more and more. And, but what are you going to do? It's amazing that they make these statements when the facts of the matter are there are 15,000 homeless Irish families, 4,500, which is a national record since, the history, since this day began, 4,500 Irish children in this country when we are now deemed one of the wealthiest countries in Europe. Okay. Okay. Not the, not the so on those bases, it is a political issue. When you're if we can't, if we, we just one, no, no, it's okay. Yeah. Just one point before I move on. Um, it, I'm told that because we're within the European Union, if a refugee from Ukraine, from Ukraine comes here, they can stay for three years and they will be allowed to work. Surely that's yeah. a good thing if we're short of workers. It is. That's a good thing, um, uh, Neil. But you know, it's, it's almost akin to the statements made of the likes of Facebook or other companies that come here, like and say, "Oh, we're going." And the government—they have their government representatives come out and announce, "Oh, we have—we're announcing one thousand new jobs." That's fantastic. But where are they going to live? Yeah. Okay. You okay. Know, that's okay. been real about it. You know, there's no, there's no level of reality with this government anymore. So, and if you look at the statements that were made in the last couple of days, they're reactive statements. And when is the last time they've made reactive statements through the whole of COVID, which has disappeared? Well, I can't you find know? anything. I'm not saying that it's not there, but I can't find any actual specific <laughs> plan that they have in mind, apart from saying that it may come down yeah, to people using bedrooms. There's common denominator in all of this. The people have been on the air on multiple radio stations, on, on national um, uh, TV networks and so on, for the last two years discussing the necessity for our government to have a plan. 
they've had two years to come up with a plan and they've done nothing. All right. That's the reality. You know, they're not going to come up with a plan for this. Thanks for that, Seamus, as always. Listen, get involved in the conversation. Text 0868104106 and I'll pick, on the text, pick up on the text after 10. Uh, from 10 this morning down at Maham Point Shopping Centre, we have uh, the bus and we are asking people, if you're in the area, you want to pop down and donate, please do so. We're looking, they're looking for medicines. They're looking for uh, warm clothing, nappies for children, baby formula, socks, kids' shoes, baby bottles, underwear, baby wipes, disposable gloves, face masks. Thank you to Roman, who himself is Lithuanian, for putting this list together for me. They're looking for thermal underwear, warm sports sports clothing, batteries, blankets, sleeping bags, roll mats, torches. Um, They're even looking for things like small generators and power banks, things like USB charging cables. Uh, Anybody that's got a drone that they're not using, they're looking for drones. They're looking for large food containers to transport meals. That's the kind of stuff. Thermometers, Calpol, Nurofen, uh, Dioralite, Peroxide, painkillers, bandages. That's from 10 o'clock this morning at Mahan Point Shopping Centre. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench. Every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show uh, For those of you that want to give aid particularly the listed aid that I've given out already this morning and yesterday for those of you that want to bring it directly to uh, Toomey's Precision Engineering it's just down by, you go to the bypass in Bandon and you swing up and around to the left and uh, that's how you'll get to Precision Engineering the bypass in Bandon, Ronan Toomey is the man behind that. And then tomorrow, the big Arctic will leave. I'll have more on that a little later on this morning. But people keep asking me, uh, like there was a, a buddy of mine, Kevin, who's sending uh, two pallets of kids' toothbrushes and a pallet of wipes and also hand sanitizers, and he's delivering today. So it's, I hope that explains it, Kevin, and to everybody else who wants to go directly uh, to Toomey's Precision Engineering. It's the bypass on the bypass in Bandon. You can't miss it. Um, a lot of texts on this. Normally, I'd be the first to jump on what about our own homeless crisis bandwagon? But you would truly want to have a, a heart of stone uh, to not feel sorry uh, for Ukrainians. They never asked for any of this. Kiddies that will more than likely never see their daddies again. Our own homeless crisis is a disgrace, but all the singing from the rooftops never makes a different difference. It's our government who are to blame for all of this. Don't blame the Ukrainian war. They absolutely asked for none of this. I'm pretty sure they didn't want to run from their families and their homes with only the clothes on their back, uh, says Gillian. Uh, and there's more. Uh, can't come on, but it's great getting all of the things together for Ukraine and getting the big red bus involved and all that. But one thing, how come something like this is never done for people struggling here in Ireland? Imagine what you could do for homeless people, the people living in provision and the people who are, are, are living way below the breadline. If this is what was done, if this could be done more regularly for Irish people. Also, I hope our many landlords we have in government will lead from the front and take in many refugees from Ukraine who come here. But I doubt that, says David. Um, you know, there are appeals all year, all year long by lots of different charities to help people who are struggling in Ireland. And I know that the big red bus has been used down through the years on numerous occasions for the likes of uh, St. Vincent de Paul and what have you. That springs to mind in the Lions Club and Simon and organizations like that. Um, somebody's listening in Ghana. Uh, Carmel, good morning to you. She says, can you put up a link to make financial donations? We're in Ghana and feel helpless that we can't physically drop off 
much so much needed provision. So it'd be great if we could make a financial donation so items can be purchased. I'm just heartbroken for people of the Ukraine and cried so many tears over the last week. God love them. Well, Carmel, you, uh, I hope you have access to broadband and internet. I'm quite sure you do. So it's the Red Cross that you need to uh, get in touch with on their website. You can donate directly in the Red Cross. And if you have Revolut, perhaps you have it on your phone and you use the Revolut banking system, Revolut has a direct link to Red Cross. That's what we used at home, just Revolut on our phones, and you can financially donate there as well. I'm willing to help whatever you need uh, me to do. I'll do it for the people of Ukraine. It's so sad. Thank you for that. With regards to your conversations on Afghanistan, Afghanistan's people's attitude to the Middle East is different because Afghanistan hid bin Laden. Our heroin problem comes from Afghanistan. Our association with Al-Qaeda and ISIS is with the Middle East and the impression we get from the Middle East Muslims is that they hate us. So you cannot continue to compare uh, Ukraine and Afghanistan. Uh, my dad has suggested to raise money for Ukraine if, that if someone could look into getting blue and yellow car flags or pins made like they do for Daffodil Day with the Ukrainian sunflower instead, we could raise money that way and show our support for Ukraine at the same time. Another one, can I, also, can I suggest that uh, those donating to the Ukraine effort would put a personalized note in the boxes so those in Ukraine will know they're being thought about. An unfortunate side effect of the Ukraine fighting back on the streets would be the reprisals of Russia. Pictures of dead Russian soldiers on Facebook last night does not help with Russian anger. The Western countries supply arms to innocent, brave Ukrainian people uh, as a so-called sign of support. But the locations of these Ukrainian soldiers will then be targeted by Russia and it was civilians who will die at the end of the day. Uh, our government plans to accept, um, what does it say? It says here, 2 million Ukrainians into Ireland. That isn't true. It's more likely to be 10, 20,000. Then they realise that we have Irish people living in tents. Then our government say, we'll ask Irish families to take Ukrainians. So they can now look out their bedroom window at the Irish people living in tents. I'm delighted to hear that Irish people are donating six-bedroom houses to Ukrainian refugees like I heard on your program. But why can't you get them to offer such support to the homeless Irish living in tents in the wintertime? Selection of text to 86 8104 uh, Back to the phone lines we go. Uh, Brendan, good morning. Morning, Neil. Uh, thanks for holding. Appreciate it. Sorry for keeping you so long. We're crying out for labour, you're saying. We're cl- crying out for farm labour, hospitality and tradespeople. Is this an opportunity? Oh, I think so anyway, Neil. Like, it would be a shame to bring these people into Ireland and, and not offer them an opportunity to work here and to integrate properly. It's a shame what happened the last time when we brought in lots of refugees from different parts of the world, put them into refugee centres and left them there. Yeah fully yeah. qualified people that were well able and willing to work willing to integrate but they were hidden away from society and still are and I think all of those centres should be closed down don't you? Absolutely absolutely I know of one man that I met it's 10 years ago now but I met him in Tranakilty um, willing to work was being given a minuscule amount of money every week from the government to stay in the refugee centre um, this guy was a fully qualified blaster such a shame like we need the likes of them in this country we're trying yeah. out for them yeah I think you can I think people who are in direct provision can go out to work now though they can now they used them before yes I remember that was, that, was, that, was, that was insane you know it was insane like we had seriously qualified people doctors nurses down trades people like we're crying out for everything it's been said over the last six months we're crying out for hospitality lorry drivers 
if people coming from Ukraine aren't coming with nothing, you know, they, they have skills. I think a lot of those that will probably come will be women and children. Absolutely, Neil, but let's get them into society. Let's offer them an opportunity here. Women like to work as well, as we all know. Um, there's loads of opportunity here, and many of the women that are coming will be qualified at something. They will, yeah. yeah and yeah. they will have skills, and they will, they'll want to earn their own money. Is there a labour shortage you know, in West Cork? Labour shortage all over the country, Neil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, builders are up to their eyeballs. They have 12 months work ahead of them. They can't get at houses. People are being turned down. You know, trying to get tradespeople into your home now is next to impossible. You know, I'm just curious, because you have West Cork boat services. This is your busy time now, getting boats ready for the season ahead. Who will be servicing the boats? Will they be Irish? Will they be international electricians, mechanics, boat repairers? Absolutely. There's massive trades involved in marine services. Um, Like some of the bigger boat yards in West Cork are also crying out for labour. Can't get them. Yeah, yeah. Boats up on the hard that can't be worked on, shortage of direct labour. Absolutely, like we we know there's a, a huge issue with trawlers at the moment that they, they don't have the the fishing rights that they should have in Ireland, but they also don't have the support uh, on shore. You know, we have superb boat charges down in Bear, Bear Island and mm. in Danish, but they're also looking for people. Mm. You know, um, there's one boat yard down in Bear Island that's expanded hugely in the last year, and they're they're expanding again. They're constantly expanding. Did a lot of people yeah. go during COVID back to their native countries then? They would have, I suppose. Yeah, but like it's an ever-expanding network as well. Like the boats in Ireland alone, are, the fishing boats in particular, are second to none with safety and with, you know, they're some of the safest vessels out there, yeah. but there's a reason for that. They're yeah. being worked on constantly. Yeah. There's money being spent on these vessels constantly. Um, and to do that, we need tradespeople to work on them. Okay, good points, um, well made. Thank you for that. Regards to you all down west along. Appreciate you taking the call. Text 0868104106. This started this morning, if you came late to the program, with uh, somebody criticising me for being on air, asking for uh, people to donate aid, and also chatting about uh, housing Ukrainians. Uh, the texter said, are you effing serious? There are thousands of Irish families homeless. And here you are supporting the fact that they will come into our country and more than likely get houses before 90% of the people on the waiting list for homes here already. It is horrible to think our government treat us like this and then the likes of you advertising it for them. But yet on air, you'll act like you care for the people of Cork. You don't give a damn about the people of Cork. You just want listeners to share anything. I'm not quite sure what that means. It's pathetic. And as horrible as it is what's going on in Ukraine now, uh, how can they come here for homes when half of us don't even have homes and are homeless? So I would just say fair play to you. And that's from Kieran. Text 0868104106. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now on the new number 0818104106. Richie, Steve says you need to check your facts. Every time you read out some sort of uh, facts or nonsense from Richie, sometimes he has a point, but most of the time he doesn't. Uh, He wrote the NATO broke the treaty not to expand west. uh, Can Richie point out which treaty it was? Um, He can't because there's no such treaty. Don't you think Putin would have uh, supplied the treaty by now. Maybe uh, maybe there was an informal conversation be- between people about the matter, but the landscape changed rapidly when various sorry, Soviet states started to break away. 
Um, and he goes on then to say, can anyone with a straight face say that Latvia joined NATO so they could invade Russia? Uh, Richie is a Putin apologist, nothing more. Um, actually, you know, uh, the boys and girls at Cork are also on board with this. Scully used to go on Boys National School in Farnry are holding a collection for Ukraine tomorrow. They're accepting blankets, sleeping bags, towels, shampoo, soap, gel, shower gel, um, toothpaste and toothbrushes, sanitary items, wet wipes, nappies and toilet paper. Uh, food items as well, like rice, pasta, UHT milk, tinned fish, tinned meat and tinned vegetables, baby food in jars, chocolate, tea, coffee and sugar. There'll be collecting point, collection points in the school from a quarter to nine um, and donations will be also accepted from anyone in the Farnry area. That's called Isagon Boys National School in Farnry. And people aren't forgetting about pets in Ukraine as well, interestingly. Vicky says, I'm thinking about the pets. These poor people are trying to save and bring their pets with them. Pet food would be a great donation. Well, I'm not encouraging anybody to bring pet foods to any pet foods to any of the locations that I'm talking about. Don't bring pet food to Bandon. Don't bring pet food to um, Maham Point. But apparently, uh, Husky, Res- Husky Rescue Ireland are taking donations of pet food at Glanmar Credit Union and at the Woolen Mills in Douglas. And Cracked Kitchen and Coffee in Bandon are collecting uh, for Ukraine. Pet supplies are welcome. Dog. Pet leads, tinned food, ring pull tins would be best, says Catherine. So, thank you for that. I will come back to all of that. Oh, can I just mention in other news this morning, after 11 uh, today, I'll be talking to Dermot Bannon of uh, Room to Improve. Hugely popular program and a very, very likable guy. So, if you're a fan of uh, Dermot Bannon and uh, Room to Improve, that's out of 11 this morning for a chat. You can text 868 104-106. I, I can come back to this later because I'll also want to talk with the lads down at uh, Precision Engineering in Banding, Bandon. And a buddy of mine, Kevin Hennessy, who's a company called Track and Trace, he fits trackers to all sorts of motorized vehicles, not just cars and trucks and Arctics, but to boats as well. He's putting a tracker, um, has put a tracker on the Arctic that's going from Bandon all the way to Ukraine. So you'll be able to follow the Arctic live as it's moving across Europe at trackandtrace.ie. Some more on that a little later on. Pat, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Now, I know that you also are part of a, a group that are putting an, an Arctic together to go to Ukraine. And you're yes. um, you're an ex-haulier yourself, I believe, Pat. Is that right? I was an ex-haulier, yes, back in the 80s. And I'm a driver more or less before and since. Were you part of bus... Were you, were you a bus worker as well? No, I wasn't, no. Okay. I did bus work, but not for uh, bus airing. Okay, okay. And, um, and have a group yeah, of you I come together now? I know the lads. Uh, I just know one of the lads very well. And um, I worked with him, John Barry. And um, he asked me, you know, to know would I uh, get involved. So I said, yeah, I'll drive the lorry out. And um, what we're trying to get... Number one at the moment with us, we have two trailers, Ross. One trailer was sponsored by Councillor Willem O'Leary, Fianna Fáil, in Rakarmach. And the second? Hello? Yeah, I know, I'm listening the, to you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the second one then was sponsored uh, by Rentico uh, themselves. You have two and collection points in Cork, I'm told, for uh, an Arctic have, going yes. to Ukraine on the 16th. Where are they? Yes, the, the one at the collection point is Douglas Court Shopping Centre, and that's from 10 to 3 uh, tomorrow, isn't it? Friday? Uh, Saturday. Saturday? Saturday, sorry. Okay. No, um, and uh, the other one is in um, the Wilton House, Dunsford. Dunsford had in Wilton. 
Okay. Yes. Okay. And what are you what are you looking for people to bring to those two collection points for the Arctic going to Ukraine? Anything at all that we can get in the line of medical supplies, if possible, and nappies, uh, water. We have we have lots of things collected, but we need as much more to fill out the two lorries. Okay. Okay. Are they big trucks that are going? They are. Yes, they're two forty foot trailers. Who drive them? Well, John Barry and myself is driving one. And uh, the other man is um, just a secretary, O'Shea, and John Sixton. Fair play to the four of you. What's the route you will take? Will you ferry to France? Yes, we're getting the ferry direct from Ross Lair to Dunkirk. And then through France? Well, a small bit of France up into uh, Belgium and across to Germany and straight down into uh, Poland. And then down to the Ukrainian border. At the bordering for you with Ukraine, you'll be met then, and the supplies will be taken from there. We'll be met there by the Red Cross in there, and they're taking it. They have a place laid on for us for to offload. How long will it take to get there? Well, it's eighteen hours driving full time. Eighteen hours, not including the ferry crossing, obviously. Dunkirk, Dunkirk to the border is eighteen. Okay, so the border, so from Dunkirk to the Ukrainian border, eighteen hours. Eighteen hours, yes. That'll be two of us driving, keeping it going, and we get it offloaded, then have a rest and back. What prompted you to do this? Well, I've done this before down to uh, Turkey, down to Diyarbakir. Back it, a few years is, back. Is that I to the know. Kurdish area of Turkey? That's right, down to the Kurdish refugees that time. Did you meet the refugees there? I did. And I went up in the air in the helicopter with the Americans and had a look around and saw it all. So know it's what, a, and I know what happens as well. And that's one of the reasons we're bringing it out direct. Uh, it's very expensive to bring it out direct. But we need money and we need, you know, anything that we can get our hands on, we need it like. Medical supplies, you're going to load up with medical supplies. Well done, well, well done. If we can get that, as many as, and what we're looking for, uh, one of the things we are looking for now, we're short, a tractor unit for to pull one of the trailers. If anyone out there, we would appreciate it very much. It will be well looked after and we appreciate it if somebody can give us a tractor unit. We okay. have already a tractor unit cut from that. And have you a number if somebody calls in with that offer? Have we no, yeah, my number can be used for that. Okay, and what is that number? Uh, it's 087 yeah. 027-4573. 087-227-4573. Look, it would be great. When are you going? On the 16th, is it? We're going on the 16th. We're organising at the moment. Will you come back to me when you're very close to that date and we can chat again? Yes, I will, of course. Okay, well, no good, problem. good luck on Saturday. Two collecting, collection points. Okay, okay. That's grand. And I'd just like to say a, a big thank you as well uh, to Mike's Tires in Fermoy. Okay, well, look, to everybody that's on board, congratulations. You're looking for others to get on board, and that would be the two collection points. One in Douglas Court. This is Saturday morning, and the second, again, Saturday morning at Dunsford House in Wilton. Thanks, Pat. Yes. Thanks, Pat. No problem. Thank you very much for taking the call, Neil. All the best and good luck to you. Take care. Back after the break in other business. We have other stories running as well, so come back to that after these. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter.
at Neil Red FM. Okay, I just wanted to update and I'll revisit the story again after 11 this morning. The Red Bus is down at Mahan Point Shopping Centre now and we'll be there until 4 o'clock this afternoon and the lads will send me a photograph. It's not the big double-decker Red Bus, but thanks to Carney's, it's a Red Bus nonetheless and we've got bunting and we've got Red FM flags down there. Looks fantastic, it really does, in fairness, and the beautiful blue sky behind it. But as an update, since 10 o'clock this morning, uh, the Red Patrollers have been in touch with me and Kate says that the collection is going very well. Uh, she's down there with the gang and she said they might need another bus a bit like the Jaws one the Jaws movie you might need a bigger bus um, the luggage section of the bus is already full so we're looking for medicine toiletries hygiene products clothes um, no food thank you um, things like uh, I went through it already this morning thermal underwear gloves face mask warm clothes nappies for under 12s baby formula pseudocream socks warm kids shoes baby bottles soothers underwear baby wipes, also inflatable mattresses, sleeping bags, roll mats, torches, batteries, blankets, USB charging cables, power banks, things like that, uh, food containers, large food containers to transport meals, gas cans, you know the ones, the jerry cans, uh, painkillers, bandages, thermometers, Calpol, Nurofen for kids, Imodium, Dioralite, and I say, as I say, much to do uh, with medicine and things like kids will need and also warm clothing. So that's all going on until four o'clock today in Maham Point Shopping Centre. When that's full, it will go down to join the Arctic that will leave Bandon uh, tomorrow and travel across Europe to the Ukraine border. So I'll update with that again a little later on this morning and talk live to, uh, to one or two of the key players in this one. So keep those texts coming. Text 0868 104 106. Meanwhile, this is a story that I wanted to get to earlier in the week, but uh, time was against me. I want to chat with Rosari. Rosari Buckley. Morning, Rosari. Good morning, Neil. Um, thank you. My apologies over the last few days. Jimmy Carr plays the Opera House on the 28th and 29th of May, right? That hasn't been cancelled. No. You want it cancelled? I do want it cancelled because no apology has come at all from Jimmy Carr or any of his representatives for the appalling story that he told to the name of humour. Did he come anyway close to apologising for what he said? No, no, he hasn't. And it's not only the likes of me who the people say, and I'm saying this in inverted commas, snowflakes, which is a terrible term for people who uh, abhor these things. It's the members of the Holocaust Memorial Committee out in Germany. They have called for venues not to host him while he has not made an apology for the comments he made. Okay, so can, can, should, I, should I remind people of what, Jim, of what Jimmy Carr said? Now, it was something in the context, and I don't have the exact words. Uh, well, well I do. Would you like me to read it? If you wouldn't mind, okay. because I don't want to, It's too important to make a mistake. When people talk about the Holocaust, they talk about the tragedy and horror of six million Jews' lives being lost to the Nazi war machine. But they never mention the thousands of gypsies that were killed by the Nazis. No one ever wants to talk about that because no one ever wants to talk about the positives. Yes, that's it. And as I say, I didn't want to incorrectly... No, that's it. That's, that's it, word for word. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's the fact that he's... It's, first of all, it's the fact that he thinks it's okay to make money out of any, what he calls, jokes that mention the Holocaust. Now, it's, that's never okay. That is never okay. And it's the fact that the Holocaust Memorial Committee have said that not only were they horrified that he made humour out of it, but they were horrified that people sat in front of him and that they laughed and cheered at it. One was equally as bad as the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose people, when they go to comedy, they, just, they, um, they, 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 leave, they leave belief 
and the real world outside the door, no? They, sus- they suspend no. belief. I understand what you're saying, but I don't believe it. For example, this is the same man, and this is an actual quote of a joke he said. Now, you've had people, you've had a representative of the, the Rape Crisis Centre on your show, yeah. as you know. Yeah, I've had Huey Mon on as well, actually, who represents... You have. Yeah, travelers. And yeah. One, of the, one of the quotations from his, from his shows is, and this is exact, what is the difference between football and rape? And the answer he gives is, women don't like football. Now, this is, this is the do people laugh and do people that. laugh at that then? People laugh at that, Neil. Like people laugh at that. Now, this is the person the Opera House are hosting and making money out of. Making money out of. Now that's there's. Now that's I did I did Google Jimmy Carr gigs yesterday or perhaps the day before yesterday, wondering I couldn't find anywhere that actually cancelled a Jimmy Carr gig. Do you know if any, if any uh, theatres or around Ireland or the world or Europe or UK cancelled him? I don't actually know. No, I couldn't find any. I don't. But I I suppose the Opera House is our local venue. I have supported the Opera House for years. I've supported them financially. I've attended many events there. To me, they're they're a fantastic venue and always have been. But I think they have completely lowered their standards if they're going to let this show go ahead. They need to take a stand on this. They're, the lo- they're our venue, I'm from County Cork. They're our, they need to take, and if one venue takes a stand on this, it'll make the headlines. Okay, I'm waiting on, I'm waiting on a, a response or a statement from the Opera House, but I hear you did get in touch. I did get in touch. Now, it took me about a fortnight before they got back to me. I emailed them, I rang them about five times. Eventually, they did ring me on the day before yesterday, um, their PR man. Now, he did, he was very, very polite and pleasant, and he did see where I was coming from, I think. But he said to me, oh, you need to get on to his promoters. But I said, you're the representative of the Opera House. You're making money out of this event anyway. And he was homing and hawing, and I said, well, eventually he agreed that they were, but it took him a long time to say that they were. Did you, what did you want him to do? You wanted him to say something along the lines of, it's, it's, it's your building, it's actually our building. People are abhorred of what Jimmy Carr said. You you should issue a statement saying we're cancelling the two gigs because we can't be associated with it com- with his comments. That's exactly what I want. That is exactly what I want, and yeah. I couldn't have worded it better myself, Neil. Yeah, yeah. And as well as that, you you had a you you, you know you did highlight it very well what Jimmy Carr said, and I think you spoke about this before. And I, I think your interview with Huey Mon was very good. Yeah. But what what saddened me then was that Red FM put up Huey Mon's photo on. There on the Facebook page, and then it was a complete attack on, attack on Huey Mon, which isn't. The is that what happened then? Is it online? It is. It is. It was desperate. I don't know whether you saw it or not. I did not see it, but why? Why did people attack Huey Mon? Oh, the, it was, I, I could hardly repeat. Say, say there was. I'll just give a general thing now, and I one person. Just give me the gist of their criticism. Oh, they were mocking travellers, and they was mocking gays, and why he was saying this, and Hitler, and there was play on the word camp. On travellers, you know. Now I don't need to go into detail on that. You know what that uh, what that agenda. Camp, yeah, yeah, Camp, yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, it was terrible. What it, is it, it with people terrible. that they turn into such thugs online? I don't know, and they, they're just behind, hiding behind. And then they walk amongst us, people. and we don't even know that they're thugs online. No, no. So it was last night. I looked up the. I looked up. Uh, I was looking at Jimmy Carr. I don't follow Jimmy Carr, but I would have watched Countdown or Eight Out of Cats or whatever. I would have seen him on that a few times on television. Obviously, they edited it on television for YouTube because I looked it up on YouTube last night, and it was there. I saw this one about the rape and the football, 
No, is that okay? Like, are people accepting that this it's okay to host him in the opera house? Someone who does. I that? know, but I know, sure, I know, and I'm not here to defend him in any way, shape, or form. I but that, that's that. that's what comedians do. Some of them they just push boundaries all of the time, and it's, you know, it's it's not. no, the opera house have hosted. I'll give you an example: Brendan Grace, one of the most respected comedians, in my opinion, in not only in Ireland but in America and England. He always said, and he held this: if he ever stopped being a comedian. Who a whole family couldn't sit down and listen to and enjoy. He would give up the job because then it was time to give up. Yeah, but that's kind of rose-tinted glasses when it comes to how comedy has changed. Okay, it's changing back again now because more are backing off topics that are not funny. But do you recall years back that uh, the opera house had a problem with Roy Chubby Brown gigs? Do you remember that? I don't remember that now. Okay, did you ever hear of Roy Chubby Brown? I was away for a while, so I may, I may not have. I can't remember what happened with the Roy Chubby Brown gigs, but there was grief over him playing. I think it was the Opera House. I don't know whether it cancelled or went ahead or what, but I know I was certainly talking about it on the air years ago. Roy Chubby Brown, he's another comedian that, well, he didn't hold back, you know? Yeah. No, I I just think there's a line you don't cross now here, and this line has been crossed. For example, I'll tell you now. Well, just before you do, um, are are the Jimmy Carr gigs sold out, did the Opera House tell you? Well, no, they're still being tickets, they're still being advertised okay. as far as I know, so they're not sold out. I wonder, is it is it a slow booker? Well, I hope it is. I hope it's a non-booker. If I have my way, it'll be a non-booker. Yeah, That's yeah, the way yeah. I look at it. It, it, it. it doesn't matter. The Opera House should have their own standards, that they don't make money out of someone who finds it okay to joke about rape and who hasn't made an apology for what he said based on the fact that the Holocaust Memorial Committee have actually called for it themselves. And of course, we also have news this week that a Holocaust Memorial where 100,000 people lost their lives in Ukraine and are buried at the memorial was blown up by the Russians. Yes, see that. And for example, that's the point I was making. There's a war in Ukraine at the moment, a terrible thing that people are are going through. For example, if in 90 or 100 years' time, a comedian stood up on stage and he said, oh, that's okay, there might be, you know, there were children involved, so they, you know, that there was a positive side because children are, you know, if there's yeah, a positive side yeah, anything yeah, to do yeah. with war and if you're making money out of that, that's the line that's crossed. But I tell you one thing, Rosari, um, the promoters aren't going to cancel their own gigs. They're not. No, like- that's, that's why I'm asking the venues to take a stand because if they don't, if the venues take a stand in it and say they're not hosting him, then they have to do something. Okay, I'd be interested. I'm, I- calling, on the, I'm calling on the Cock Opera House as belong to the people of Cork, the decent people of Cork, I hope, the decent people of Cork, that they will take a stand and say, this is our venue, we've contributed financially to this venue, and we don't want to see someone of this calibre hosted in the Opera House uh, in May. That's what I'm calling Okay, it. okay, I want to get other people's points of view on this. Text 0868104106. Um, I'll see what the Opera House have to say by virtue of a response to our query, but... Um, Anthony mightn't necessarily agree with you. Anthony, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Tommy Gamog, Sufain. Good morning. You have an issue with people telling you what you should find funny. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's like, it's, it's to me, it's like a, a sign of a form of censorship. I mean, that woman might be offended by car or whatever, but I might find it funny. Do you find I it mean, funny what he said about say, gypsies? Do you find it funny that the one thing that com- difference between rape and football is women don't like football? Is that funny? No, seriously, is it like? That, I'm not saying that, but I don't think you can cancel everything. This cancel culture has to stop. 
it really and truly has to stop. But should I a mean, message go out that people won't tolerate that kind of comedy anymore? Is there no message to be made here? Well, what's the message? That, that's that we have to go down the other route. Did you ever hear the old saying, one man's meat is another man's poison? Oh, sure, I know that. I know. And I know, I know that, there, listen, I remember when there was uh, a big protest in Pickett outside the Opera House because they were showing The Last Temptation of Christ. Do you remember that years back? Oh, yeah. Like Father Ted, down with that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I can, oh, that shocking father. I can, no, I mean, I can, I, can, I can understand there'd be two points of view there, but I find it hard to understand why anybody would think uh, that um, killing thousands of gypsies in the Holocaust was positive. That's all. I mean, it just, you know, I, I'm as open-minded as the next fella, but nah, that's not I mean, funny. I'm open-minded. I don't think we should censor people. What If it's inciting hatred... I don't think it's inciting hatred, Carr, by his jokes. I don't think it's inciting hatred. He says... Travellers get, mean, a, get a hard enough time of it as it is. I mean, I was already talking about oh this Oh, yeah, morning. I don't approve of that. I already no, got, I I was already starting to get texts this morning. You know the traveller, three travellers who got pay, a pay, a compensation uh, payout mm-hmm. from Charleville Hotel because they wouldn't let them into the room. Already I see texts, yeah, but you never talk about the travellers who trash hotel bedrooms. Like, what the hell, like... I know, I mean, people making general... That's what I'm trying to say, people making generalizations. That's disgusting. And I mean, we've gone away from that kind of thing. Like, there was an awful time when travellers were called itinerants and this, that and the other. And I mean, we've gone away from those days. Yeah, but we go back to them if, if the likes of Jimmy Carr is saying, no one ever wants to talk about the positives of thousands of gypsies been killed by the Nazis. Should I get to step back? No? But then again, why is he still on air? Why is he still around? You know, I, I know. I mean, like he can say it. You, I, who was it that said? I, I'm, I might agree what you say, but I'll fight to the death for your right to say your it. Right to okay. say it, Rosario. Yes. What do you want to say you to know? that? Well, I'm not interested to hear anything he said until he answers the first question you posed him. Does he agree that it's okay to say? that what's the difference between football and women well women don't like football I'd like well, to hear his answer what's the difference football and rape an women don't like if football he, yeah. if you gave an answer to that I might give some credence to listening to what he has to say I really don't know how to answer that well do you find it a funny joke or do you find that it's really demeaning and disrespectful thing to say to women who have been victims of rape I wouldn't find it funny, but I don't think this shouldn't be a women's issue either. You know, everything seems to be a women's issue lately. The joke was, what's you the know? difference between women? What's the difference between football and rape? Women, okay, there's male rape. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and what was that? Those other, those Irish comedians, those, was it the two Johnnies or something? Or That's right, yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah you know, they, got they into were a lot of grief. controversial as yeah. well, but they're back on air again. So, I mean, you jo- I mean, my father had an old saying, my late father had an old saying, you have to listen to thunder. And some things you mightn't agree with and you mightn't like. But, but you, you have a thousand people everything. in the opera house. You, know, you stand up for people who have a right to say what they want or feel. But there'll be a thousand people in the opera house who will be laughing at rape jokes and laughing at gypsy jokes. All right, it's okay. I mean, if that's what you think is okay. No, well... I mean, on top of that as well, I just wanted to say, Rag Week, I'll give you the update. 
has been very peaceful so far. Oh my God, that's great news. Why? Yeah. Why has it been so peaceful? Have they finally copped on? I think so, yeah. It's been fine so far, although tonight now is a trigger night, Thursday, Thursday night. night. Yeah, yeah. But I've noticed a difference in behaviour, I think because of the lockdown and everything. Before here on the street where I live off College Road, there would be like more taxis here at 11, 12 o'clock at night than there would be in Patrick Street in the middle of the day. And all that has changed. I think the whole drinking behaviour has changed more back to drinking at home and partying at home and it's not so much going out anymore. Well, I hopefully know. that will be the case tonight and maybe we've learned a lot from COVID but certainly you'd commend the students then, wouldn't you? Well done to them. Yes, and I mean, they're not all bad. I, I don't see why the UCC, the Students' Union and the, what what is it called now, Mosh? Oh no, it's not Mosh, it's the Monster Technical University but it could be Mosh actually. But they seem to have, you know, not all students are bad. And I don't know why they don't engage with you, because I think you're fair in your back. I know, it's fine. The Students' Union and UCC don't want to talk because they say any time they do. I don't think it's necessarily me. They just get lambasted on air. So they just figure, listen, there's no point. We're just going to get trashed on there. So they've chosen not to not to engage. But that's fine. That's their, I wish yeah, they would, well, but um, it's up to them. On the street where I live, like, Neil... 70% of the would-be student houses. Yeah, yeah. And I would say the vast majority of them are fine. I'm delighted to hear it. You know, they're not all bad, so I'm not going to lambaste all students. Okay, long may it continue. All right. Okay, and thanks, Anthony. So far, it's been good. Okay, come back to me tomorrow. Let me know how tonight goes. Rosari, let's see uh, what the opera has come back to me with by way of a statement, and let's get other people's thoughts on you saying that cars should be cancelled. All right? Thanks very much, Neil. You're welcome. You too. Take care. Take care. Text 0868104106. Text The Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Tell what we'll do after 11 this morning. I'll tell you when it's there. We'll put up a Twitter poll. Somebody's suggesting that. Why don't you put up a Twitter poll for an hour as to whether or not you think people in Cork want Jimmy Carr's two gigs cancelled at the Opera House. So we'll do that after 11. And when it's up there, I'll let you know. You can either answer yes or no as to whether the Opera House should just say sorry we're cancelling the two gigs. So that'll be a little after 11 this morning. I also want to go down and chat with Phil Burke, who's down at uh, Maham Point Shopping Centre with a big red bus collecting uh, for Ukraine and chat with the lads down in Bandon. The Arctic will go from Bandon tomorrow and I imagine that Arctic will be chocker. It will be very, very full. Uh, yesterday, we were chatting with various topics uh, and one of them had to do with uh, COVID issues and COVID-related issues because some people believe, of course, that we should continue wearing masks for the elderly and the immunocompromised. Ma- Mal says, the conspiracy theorists are back now seeing that COVID is over. They're back telling us it's not happening in Ukraine as well. Our local conspiracy theorists at work told me yesterday that all of this is just paid actors. What planet are some people living on? Uh, You were talking about long COVID. I'm 37 years old and was so healthy before this. I had COVID in 2020. I developed Crohn's disease, neuralgia, chronic fatigue, all from COVID. I'm being referred to a long COVID clinic now. I'm on two immunosuppressions, so I keep wearing my mask I won't judge those without masks, so please don't judge me for keeping myself safe. Somebody said yesterday they got a dirty look when they went into a supermarket with a mask on as if they had two heads kind of a thing. Anyway, I'll come back to those texts in a few minutes' time, promise you after. But I just want to chat with Chantel, this side of 11, because she got in touch with me and I have the email here. But rather than read it out, 
I said I'd get her on to chat about her herself. Chantel, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Um, thank you for getting in touch. It's about your stepmom, who's, as you say, completely deaf. Yeah, she's total, total deafness and she's also mute as well. So, if somebody likes movies and going to the cinema, are they facilitated at any time of the day or the week? So, we've got mixed reviews from every cinema we've called. We've So far, we've called probably between 10 and 12 between the Cork area, kind of Waterford, Tipperary, surrounding areas. And the only kind of cinema we got a bit of a response from was the Omniplex. The Omniplex and in Maham Point, is it? Yeah, exactly. So what, you, what so would be needed in this? Is it um, subtitles? Subtitles, exactly. Just, just subtitles. There's no need for interpretation or anything. It's just subtitles. Yeah. Wouldn't it be a wonderful world if every cinema that had multiplexes, as in more than one, or had lots, that would have one dedicated to everything with subtitles? Exactly. Would people in the, in the wider community were, be bothered if all films they went to see had subtitles on them? Well, from what we've been told, it would be an eyesore for people who are hearing to have to watch subtitles on the screen. I don't know about that. I mean, I can talk. I hope she won't mind me saying this, but my daughter has perfect hearing, but she's constantly turning on subtitles. Yeah, we do it ourselves at home because we find it easier to keep keep going. And if there's something we haven't heard properly, you know, at least it's there in front of us. Yeah, but do you not think that for somebody who has hearing that you end up reading the screen and not watching the film, which is what I find? I wouldn't say so. I, I think, for me anyway, like when I watch a movie, I would watch the movie and if I need the kind of clarification on what was said, I'd read the subtitles. Okay, well, thank you for clarifying that. So what kind of responses did you get? So we'll bring it back to last Saturday. We were in Mahan Point. We went up to do a little bit of shop and have a bit of lunch, you know, just get out for the day. And my sister decided to go over to the Omniplex just to see because at the moment my stepmom really wants to see the movie Dog that starring Channing Tatum that came out kind of two weeks ago around that. And she asked the manager, she was like, look, is there any way that you could show Dog with some subtitles in it? And he was like, oh, well, you see, the, we only show one subtitled movie a week, which is on a Monday about half five to six o'clock. You know, depending on the day, depending on the time, but it's always a Monday that they show it. And then on a Saturday morning and a Sunday morning, around 12 o'clock, they show children's films that have sensory friendly screenings. So subtitles, lowered uh, volume, and they keep the lights on in the cinema. For kids, the on the, for kids on the spectrum. But for, yeah. uh, for all else, it's Monday at six o'clock, one film. Monday at six o'clock, one film, and it's usually kind of the blockbuster from the week prior or two weeks prior. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. It's something you say, but not enough. Exactly. Yeah. Because like, you know, the Omniplex, you know, fair play to them. They are showing a movie with subtitles, but every other branch of cinema we've gotten onto, I've gotten onto IMC, The Gate, The View, loads of different ones, movies down in Dungarvan. You know, we've gone a good bit to try and speak with people about it. And the response we've gotten is, oh, like we, we used to do that, but because of COVID, we kind of stopped doing it. And it's something our manager wants to do again, but you know, we don't know when. And I was like, it's not hard to show a movie with subtitles, you know? Yeah, I'm just curious as to whether people listening now would be bothered by subtitles on all of the big movies in all of the cinemas. Imagine... See, I've asked a lot of my Younger friends, generation you know, wouldn't have a problem with it, I'd say. Exactly. And I'd, get, and I'd get used to it if it meant that everybody who couldn't hear would be able to watch a film. I'd get used to yeah. it. And just to kind of put it into perspective as well, like we've been looking at the Omnitech listings because... The manager told us that the movie specifically that she wanted to see would probably be the one that will be subtitled this Monday coming. 
it's not unfortunately it's something called Spirano I haven't seen it myself but yeah, that's it's not a big that film. interest her at the yeah, moment you that's know? a big film no it's um, a good I'm told it's a good film nonetheless but it's not yeah. what she wants and who said to you that you'd have to pay for every seat all 76 at 11 euro a seat why? so I spoke to the gate branch and they told us that um what they would want us to do, basically, is make a private booking. So in order to do that, they said to us, you'd have to rent every seat in the cinema, which is a total of 76 in most screens, uh, 11 euro per ticket. So you're talking up around 900 euro for an hour and a half just to watch a movie. And you'd have to find 75 other people who had no hearing. 75 other people who had no hearing or else just, you know, suffer your losses, you know. Okay, um... Let's see. I mean, you, you seem to have in, uh, investigated every, exhausted every avenue on this. Um, More yeah. or less. I've, I've looked at every, cinema, every cinema's website. I've gotten their numbers. I've called them. I've asked a question. What we've discovered is the, the cinema who is so obliging and everything is actually up in Coleraine in Belfast. And they show a subtitled movie every day of the week. And Coleraine and Belfast, they've won every day of the week. Yes, okay. exactly. Surely we could do better then, yeah? Surely. Like, just to put it into perspective for you, this week's Batman is coming out. I think it's tonight is the first showing um, after midnight. And over the course of the next five days, there's 16 showings of Batman every day in the Omniplex between <sighs> the max screen and the standard screen. Really? So a to- there's a total of 80 showings over the next kind of five to six days and not one is subtitled. <laughs> 80 showings in the next few days? 80 showings. Three hours long each time? Where are they going to fit all those in? Yeah, I understand. You have put it in perspective. You could have a few of those. And you could let people know in advance this screening has subtitles. Because it's not just for people who are totally deaf, but also hard of hearing. Exactly. And according to, like, the statistics online, there's a total of over 595,000 people who have either total or partial deafness in Ireland at the moment. That's nearly 600,000 people. Okay, let's see if people, let's see what people think of that. Thank you for, for pointing it out. Um, and we, we clearly need to do better. But I'm wondering how many people out there would actually have a problem going to the cinema where there were subtitles so the, the other 600,000 people who are deaf could also enjoy it. All right? That's it. Well, you see, Neil, like, my point is, you know, if people do have a problem with us, they have the option to pick another time. Whereas someone with deafness Has no doesn't option. have that option. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Chantel. I'll throw it out there. Appreciate you bringing it up, though. Thanks. Have a great day. Thanks for having me. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Text 0868104106. We could do better, I think. I'm sure you'll agree with that. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. New year, new number for Neil. 0818-104-106. And you can text 0868-104-106. We have a Twitter poll up at the moment now if you want to uh, vote on our Twitter poll. That's the Red FM uh, Twitter Twitter page. uh, And you can do so. And the question is, should Jimmy Carr's two gigs at the Opera House be cancelled? It's quite straightforward. Yes or no, following conversations from earlier on. I'll come back to all other business, but I was mad looking forward to this conversation uh, for the last week or so. What? television show is rocking it on RT at the moment. What's the number one television show and it made its anticipated return to the screens on Sunday night for the 13th series? Well, it's not Tommy Tiernan and it's not the Late Late Show. It actually is Dermot Bannon's Room to Improve that trounced both of those shows in the rating by like 100, 120, 130,000 viewers on, on Sunday night. It's just so enjoyable. Dermot Bannon joins me by phone. Dermot, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? I'm good. I was so looking forward to catching up with you. What's the secret to over half a million viewers watching on a weekly basis? What's it all about? A storm, I think. A storm that night. Nothing better to do. Nothing better to do. Well, just look. It's a, it's a it's 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 a slot. is is a great slot because it, it's Sunday night. People don't generally go out. They're kind of getting ready for the next day. Ah, uh, you're being very self deprecating. Don't be go away and be annoying. I'm not. I look. To be honest with you, I don't try and analyze it because it is just me doing my day job. Um, so if if a camera crew followed you around making your radio show <laughs> and then half a million people watched it, you'd be a bit free. You know, it's 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 it it's is what just it is. so enjoy. You must have the patience of a saint, though. <laughs> um, well, look, it's 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 my job. This is what I'm trained to do. I suppose I'm put into positions where um, it's it's what I do every single day for a living. And I think, look, going back to your first question, actually, I was. I, I, you always go into the self-deprecating thing because you, you, the, but really what makes the show is are the homeowners and the people um, and uh, it, it's uh, and the people you have the patience with as you said but they are have been fantastic over the years in, in their generosity of um, letting you into their lives yeah. and because it's a very stressful time for them it's all of their life savings it's their home everything is on the line and you're asking them to describe how they feel uh, what's troubling them and um, kind of allowing a window into their lives while they're on this journey of the build and all of that and without them being uh, kind of amazing and open and and kind of tearful and happy and laughing it, the audience wouldn't wouldn't watch it no, you know, because no. it is yeah. we all connect with somebody on the show we say I know somebody exactly like that and then we try and preempt well I know how such and such down the road would, would act, react to that and she or he reacted the same way so we get invested in them and I think the producers on the show are brilliant in finding kind of people who are really warm and like the, the, I suppose the key to any TV show is that you want to spend an hour with these people and they, they pick people um, who are you know that you want to spend an hour with them sometimes even if they're people that rub up against you you don't like them you still want to see how they, they cope with things and how they react and do you know when you go into a house for a first look can you yeah. can you tell a person by their house? Can you interpret their personality by their home? Yes, <laughs> you can. Um, <laughs> I'm not supposed to say that, um, but you can. You can see how, uh, like, I can I can spot somebody who loves cooking. I can spot somebody who loves the outdoors. I can spot um, how they organise things. I can like if if you go in, counters are really clear. There's nothing on the thing. You know that these people are. It's all about stories. Well, you'd love them because you're the you call yourself the king of minimalism. You want to see nothing yeah. on top of anything, yeah? Well, I just like to see things in their place. I think um, look, I suppose for years, um, room to improve has been about open plan spaces, knocking down walls. But the key to that, and is is having proper storage because if you have an open plan space but you still have the clothes horse, the school bags the, all the, the paraphernalia that of life dumped in one corner it doesn't look as good as it's not what people are expecting from it because they're expecting the magazine when, when I open the magazine I see a nice big open plan space I want that but the stuff that has to go on in the background to make that happen and that's yeah. the secret to it yeah life that, goes it. on doesn't it I mean that's perfect in a magazine have, yeah. yeah we all have rubbish we all have the bills that we leave on the countertop we have the set of keys you know they're never on, shown in a magazine you know so it's creating spaces uh, and places to put all that stuff is actually far more important than sticking an L window in the back of the house it's to understand how people and you're right when you go in you can see how they organise themselves you can see what's important to them and um, you can see uh, even so, if when somebody I watch them when they're making me a cup of tea 
and I watch their process and how slapdash it is or how precise and you know do they, does this spoon go straight into the dishwasher afterwards or do they just do they just throw it into the people sink people must be very ner- nervous of you friends and the likes if, you, if they invite you around to their homes do they no, no I, well I see I'm letting out all my secrets now but uh, no <laughs> Um, people know that I, 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 don't, I, I don't actually I, if that's part of my job if I'm going to meet somebody for the first time I have got an hour maybe an hour and a half to gather up as much information about these people as possible so I have questions that I ask them like the most important question and they often get a bit flummoxed by it because you know they can, they'll give me the list of rooms that they want and I'll say well tell me about a Saturday what's your Saturday like in the house start when you get up where do you go where do you sit um, you know are you gone all day uh, with kids with the sports um, do you go off for hikes yourselves or you hear, do you, do you cook all the food for the week? So it's kind of getting an understanding of their lives. But yeah. when I'm not working, I, I'm just happy to go into somebody's house and have a cup of tea made for me or even make it. I'm, I, I, go, I go to other people's houses for the people, not the houses. You're not, you're not judgmental. But I suppose, no, at all. you know, what are, the, like, what are the problems you see then in homes? Like, is it cold homes, damp, cramped, drab? People looking for oh. places and spaces to put things. Yeah, so like uh, the, the, the most fundamental thing, and, and it's, it's houses of a certain age in Ireland, which there is a huge cohort for them. They're cold, they're freezing, there's condensation, there's been mould on the wall. Um, uh, I grew up in a, a 1970s built house. You leave, your, you leave your arm outside the quilt and it was, was dead in the morning because, from the cold. So there's, there's the fundamental things with a lot of our housing stock that we need to sort, to sort out. We need to kind of get rid of our reliance on fossil fuels, all of that. But other than that, like what... what um, what I try to get to again it's back to that thing people give you a list of the rooms that they want but I actually try and talk them through what do you what what really frustrates you about your house as it is because if I don't solve them problems you, you can give them a really spanking brand new room but if it actually doesn't get to the core of what frustrates them what really irritates them what kind of drives them mad what makes people sit there grinding their teeth yeah. all the time if you don't get to those problems they're you're disappointed actually, you're solve, well you're not solving anything for them you know, so it is to get to, and, and they don't want to talk about those things sometimes because it's, it's, they think it's all going to be solved if I can just create whatever is in that image that they show me. I know. What, why is it then, though, that nothing ever comes in on budget? Is that the real world? I mean, Sunday night had a budget of about 273,000. It came in at about 330,000, right? Yes, but they added, they added three things back in. They, they put in underfloor heating, which meant digging up the floors. They upgraded from PVC windows to Aluclad windows, which are timber windows with an aluminium on yeah, the outside. Yeah. And and uh, God, what was the other thing? They, God, it was an incredible house. But they, so they made a choice to put back in stuff that we had. We had we had, we had initially all of these things in, and then it came in over budget. So we whipped them out. Yeah. Back down to that. And budget. does that happen a lot when the work starts? People say, "I want yeah. more. I want more," and and they're not yeah. really adding up the price, is it or what? No. And so they don't add up the price. And so sometimes, they, they, and especially at the beginning of the project, they think, "Oh, it's only a thousand. It's only this. It's only that. We're only doing it once." But all of these little things add up. So it's it's it, you know it's it's good if, it, at a point at the beginning of the project you think you're going to start adding in loads of stuff maybe do a quick tot on all the things that might go back in and relook at that and say okay guys Jesus this could come to 30,000 say well okay we can probably stretch to another 10 let's prioritise the things that you want yeah I know yeah 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 and, but the first episode we finished under budget Oh, you did actually. When you broke it down at the end, then there was a, there was a yeah. big, there was an SEAA grant as well, SEAI yeah. grant, wasn't it as well? 
Well, that was for the house last week in Hoth, and there's another FEAI grant. Oh, so the, uh, oh, the week before, I didn't, apologies, I didn't see that one. I just, but just, but I just think so by, by, we did, we did work on the house there a couple of years back. Yeah. It never comes in on budget. It's impossible to keep it under control because I was the one that was either adding things or Paula was adding yeah. things the way you do. But do you think that, you know, don't, homes need to change anyway as kids grow up, don't, because our lifestyle changes, doesn't it, through the decades? Well, I'm not a big believer in that. I think that if you design a house right at the very beginning, um, and, and what people tend to do is they tend to design the house for whatever stage of life they're in. So if they've got really small kids, it's all about playrooms and playrooms coaches. And, and, you know, fast forward 10 years, those rooms are empty. There's nobody in it because the kids are on iPad or they're on Xbox or, or whatever. And they yeah. can use that room. So it's actually, uh, it's, the fundamentals are designing flexible spaces that can change. So I'm lucky, I suppose, in a way, because my, my youngest is, is nine but, and my eldest is 17. So we've kind of nearly got through all of the stages. So I can actually sit with people and say, look, all that stuff that you're really worried about that's littering the floor, honestly, it's gone in two or three years. Um, and it's kind of creating spaces that will change up as the family um, as the family uh, kind of changes. And again, there's nothing worse than you see kind of people, especially older people living in houses maybe by themselves and they're oh this room we used to use for this and yeah. this room we used to and kids and they're walking around you can see their eyes are welling up because the house is full of memories because it's a museum not, piece isn't it yeah, yeah. They, they get locked in time half the house gets locked away in time and all they're looking at is what, what used to happen in those rooms where I, I, you try and bring as many rooms back into play all the time. Actually, now. if you don't mind me just picking up on that, because you yeah. recently said a few very interesting points. You said that people want space. You said formal dining rooms are gone. You also yeah. said that utility rooms are gone. They're new offices. See how the world's changing? No, no I don't know where... Yeah, I think somebody picked me up wrong on that. Utility rooms are huge because they are the key to mental health. If you live in an open plan space, right, and especially if people are working from home, um, that it, the clutter that you see around your house, you know, the, the, the clothes horse with all the stuff drying, if there's nowhere for that for those things to go, that gets added onto your to-do list. And that's been one of the biggest problems that people have found over the pandemic. They're, they're sitting at their kitchen table working from home and they're looking around and in their eye line, all they can see is a list of jobs that need to be done. We didn't have that in the office. If yeah. you went into your office, you kind of shut away, your mind closed down what was happening at home. You got home in the, at 7 o'clock in the evening. If you're too tired, you just throw yourself on the couch, we'll deal with it tomorrow. Yeah. Or you might have done it. But when you're living in that space and it's disorganized and it's cluttered and there's stuff everywhere, that actually starts to get in on you and it starts to make you feel more stressed than you are. So if your job is stressful, the last thing you need to do is kind of look at the jobs that need to be done. So a really good kind of working utility room and a storage space to put all the stuff that you'll get to, you know, that, because people are busy. You, don't, you can't just spend a whole day doing laundry now. You do it incrementally. You can't spend the whole day fixing up things or the thing that's broken. You need a countertop to be able to leave it on and you'll get back and you'll fix that later. Yeah. If they're in your eye line constantly, it becomes, um, it, 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 they, they get, they're permanently on your to-do list and that goes into your day-to-day living. So, I, I think somebody misquoted me. On the okay, well, I think, well, I think maybe, maybe it was more along the lines of that office space has now become a yeah. necessity within the home. Home office. And, and, and home offices have been huge because if you think about it, anybody who is hybrid working now are going to work from home permanently. You're going to spend nearly all of your daylight hours in that space. And if you come down, say you work until six o'clock in the evening, during the winter, you come, you come down from your home office and your, your house is in darkness. And so the, the space where you put your home office is actually the most important space. You talk all the time in all of your shows about light, don't you? Yes. And big and windows. Yeah, so what is the point in having a light-filled sitting room downstairs 
if the spa- the room that you're going to sit in for the entire working day is at the back of the house, it's the old small box room, yeah, it's dark, it's damp. You know, why would you do that to yourself? Set up a desk in the living room that you're not using all the time and then maybe a fold away. Most people now don't have huge big reams of filing cabinets and all that. They just, they can work from a laptop. So be inventive. So get yourself into the nicest space of the entire house. Put a fold away desk if it's, you know, if you want to keep it as a sitting room or whatever. Just be a little bit creative but get yourself into the room that's going to lift your mood yeah is the kitchen the most focal point of every home i mean i suppose what i'm asking is what what room should people or are people spending their most time in as a family families is- yeah people spend most of their time in in the kitchen because i think and um, we have such limited time with work and all that that it's if you want to cook food and look after family and do all of that you do tend to spend most time and if, if you think about it if you call to anybody's house where do you go you go to the kitchen nobody brings you into a formal sitting room sits you down and brings in the tea not anymore that no, no, the good room is gone years. is it the yeah. Good room. yeah but you always walk into somebody's kitchen you walk straight in you sit yourself up at the, at, at the dining table or whatever at the kitchen table you have with your cup of tea your chat um, you know I know my own family like everything happens in the kitchen um, so you, you know, encourage people to have big kitchens then I, do, I, do, I just think it's the most important room in the house. It's it's where family life is. So it should have a seat. It should have a seating area. It should have a really nice dining space because again, the good dining room is gone. But it's there. I think during the pandemic, it was nice to have somewhere nice to eat your dinner rather than the traditional Irish kitchen table, which was bet into the middle of the room yeah. and you kind of have to look out over the kitchen sink. Any kind of review, I think, kind of. If you are taking down walls in your kitchen, move your, your, your dining table into the nicest spot because we spend a huge amount of time sitting around I that. Know, and I know. it has to be, we, we, like, I think during the pandemic, like that table became somewhere the, the kids were playing games, kids were homeschooled, you might have worked from home. It was general dinners, but it also had to be a space where you had a date night. You know, so you had to be able to turn off the lights in the rest of the room and, and the, the table felt a little bit special. Going back to the, the idea of the good dining room is that like when I was growing up, there was no restaurant. So when my mum and dad wanted to have people over for dinner, they came over, they went to somebody else's house and then my mum would invite people back to our house. And that's what the good dining room was good for. Yeah. So uh, there's ways of doing that. There's ways of, of, of making it flexible and, and with lighting and how the room is laid out so that, you know, your kitchen table can actually feel like a good dining room at, at a certain time. Yeah, what about, what about colours? Because I was chatting about this with my wife last night. She's saying for years up until maybe recently enough, grey was the big colour. What's the big colour now? Oh, I think uh, people are being really experimental and uh, I, I, love, I love Instagram and uh, you're, you're following these people who, can, who are very exper- experimental with colour. The great thing about colour is paint is really cheap. So if you don't like something, you can repaint it. It's not the end of the world. Unless you're using Faro and Ball, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Elephant's breath. Um, but it's, uh, I think people are being re- a, a lot braver. And, I, and I'm, look, I'm, I'm kind of a, a, bit, a bit of a fan of just painting everything white and then bringing colour in in artwork or bringing it in in furniture. Stuff that you can move around and change because like strong colours you can get tired of. Um, so kind of a neutral enough backdrop. And I suppose grey was the neutral enough backdrop for a long time. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think kind of we're, we're moving back towards whites and stuff like that. And you're a, but, you're a big fan as well of uh, converting attics. You did some job in Hoth with that double bedroom, with the two bedrooms. Oh, that it, was incredible. Yeah, it was, and, yeah, and we used very strong pinks up there. Did you see the strong pinks? Yeah, yeah. well, I think like you, you had to rein her back. She was big into bling. She was big into bling. <laughs> uh, she was great, though. She was like, she was a character. <laughs> I, I was kind of reining her back and not at the same time. But, like, you know, there was no... When she brought you over to the G Hotel, I said, oh, my God. 
<laughs> I know. Over what the I top. say? It was like walking into a wedding cake. But it's, you know, I didn't want I, like it, when somebody has that strong a personality and that kind of strong. It's not really raining in the men. It's just more kind of guiding them slightly because. <laughs> I, I didn't want to walk away from that house with her feeling that she just lived in a sterile hospital. I, I wanted her to feel that it was her home. You kind of met in the middle in the end, you know? Exactly. And I exactly. think it, what, what's happened now with house prices, I think you'll probably agree with this, is that they've become so... People who want to trade up now find, oh my God. And what they're doing instead is they're doing refurbs, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Look, it's the housing stock. It's um, There isn't that many new houses. So for families who need more space and who are trading up, they generally... like. I, I, they, I, and I suppose what it is is that there are older houses that maybe haven't been touched since the 90s. That's very true. 90s. I noticed that in the housing estates that younger people now are buying older homes where people have passed away and they're gutting them. Yeah. They're gutting them and they're, but they're also doing kind of clever. They're, they're, they're getting the energy upgrades done. They're getting their deep retrofits. They're kind of making them, they're future proofing them. So I suppose what maybe we would have deemed acceptable maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, i.e. it's okay to put on a couple of jumpers in your house. People aren't as willing to do that anymore. They want the house <coughs> to have an ambient temperature throughout the year. So they're starting off with kind of with, 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 with gutting them and the energy upgrades <laughs> and making it into their own. And like a lot of the smaller houses as well, bungalows and, and semi-Ds, they all have small segregated rooms. So the first thing that people want to do is knock down and as we talked about before, give themselves a bigger kitchen. I know, I know. I just couldn't help but think you were chatting about that. I'll let you go in a second. But what's your bear rating in your house? I'd say it's probably A++++, is it? Or something it's, like that? Uh, it's an A2 rating. I knew it would be an A. It would have to be. <laughs> yeah, but that was really important. Like, we worked really hard to that. It's airtight. We've got... We, we, we worked really hard at it together up there. That was, that was the top. Because I lived in old houses nearly all of my adult life with drafts coming in from places you didn't even know that drafts could come in from. And... That when, when when we did the house uh, ourselves a couple of years ago, we said, right, this, the, I want to be able to walk around this house in my t-shirt in December. I know. Do you remember when people night. people used to put little snakes down at the doors? You know those woolly snakes. Door. Yeah, <laughs> I just and, 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 do not remember. I wouldn't even say the word remember. People still do that. <laughs> do you just finally? Do you constantly find yourself being asked for free advice? Yep. <laughs> and if I met me I'd probably do the same oh, no. <laughs> but I think we're, we're, we're all a little bit like that because we were filming yesterday we're filming our, our, our final project that's going to go out on air not this weekend next weekend um, is in Thurlis and we had a landscape designer we did a kind of it's, 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 a, it's different again it's, it's, a, uh, it's a it's a project that's really very much about the garden we had a we had a plant woman landscape designer with us and I was there just itching to ask her when should I cut back grasses when should I do this when should I do that so I think we all kind of do we it we didn't so. even get on to garden space and patios that's probably for another day very important we'll do, as that, well. we'll do that next week alright we'll listen it's great chatting with you though <laughs> Dermot thanks for stopping by and continued success with a great show thanks my man thanks Neil take care cheers Dermot Bannon from Room to Improve not just that actually Room to Improve since 2007 Dermot Bannon's incredible home since 2019 and Dermot Bannon's super small places since 2021 and he's also in private practice I don't know where he gets the time great show great guy back after the break text 0868104106 Neil's got a new number call him now on 0818104106 Okay, following my conversation with Rosari regarding the two Jimmy Carr gigs of the Opera House, we have a Twitter poll up online now on my Twitter page. You have a simple question. Yes, ban the gig. No, let it go ahead. I said I'd do that, and you can vote on it, yes or no, on the Twitter page right now. That's with regards to Jimmy Carr, two gigs at the Opera House. Meanwhile, uh, it's a very upsetting time, very worrying time for Joan. Joan, good morning. 
Morning, Neil. You must be beside yourself with worry. He's your son, after all, going to fight in the Ukraine. Yeah. Okay, okay. And when, well, did, you, when did you make that decision? Well, he left the final decision to his partner and myself because of, one, he's in rented um, accommodation and the, the burden would be left to his partner for the rent. Yeah. Um, there's also, there's a, because of his money, he just cannot afford to do all of it because they have to pay for their own flight. Okay. Um, now, he's ex-army, he isn't he? So he's military, right. he's military yeah, trained he's anyway. he's military trained, yeah. yeah. But and why, the, why, the, the, why has he made the decision to go? Because he's heartbroken over the women, women and children and bombing a hospital and a kindergarten and people fleeing, losing their homes and everything else. It's just absolutely terrible. And he feels like that Putin is the most heartless, evil man okay. on this earth. Okay, and so he has, the, the yeah, he has the courage of his convictions to go. And yeah. were you saying to the lads that others are going like him? There's others going as well, and there's some already over there, but they need supplies, they need to have army boots, they need to have sleep, warm sleeping, ba- um, sleeping bags. Yeah. And I suppose they need a mat or something under that, do they? I don't know. Yes, yes, But they yes. need equip. they need to be able to fund all that stuff themselves. There's other lads there, and with this phone call, maybe others would join in as well. So are there other Cork-born and reared, are there other yeah. Cork-born and reared young yeah. men, and maybe not so out young, who, who are going, you know of that? They're gone out, yeah. They're out there already. We know of Ukrainians living here that have gone back to fight. But yeah. saying, well, I can understand that, but I mean, for the lads here, that have to, they can't afford to do all of that, you know, I mean, they have to be, if preferably military trained and things like that, but they need the equipment to go out there. Now, they, they've been in touch with the embassy and everything else in Dublin or wherever it is, and all of that has been approved by them, and all they're just waiting for him to pay the flight, and he could go between now and the next two weeks. Okay, he pays for his own flight to yeah, get to... Where to would he fly to? Well, that's, they, they don't know. They, they'd have to wait for the embassy to tell them where they're going to go. There's one mention of Warsaw. Um, it, it would be Poland anyway. So they've but contacted the Ukraine the embassy in yes, Dublin. They've been into, everything is, is organised. They've everything ready, just that they have to have um, the equipment and everything else going over. They'll be met at the airport when they arrive, whichever airport they arrive at. And they'll be brought to wherever they're going and everything else. Okay. But they need to have all their equipment with them. And do you mind me asking, did, did his partner or you as his mother try and convince him not to go? No, I can't do that either. I think the, the women and the children. But what about him, that he may not come I know, back? I know, I know. I thought of that too. Oh, it's not easy. But I have to give him my blessing. I can't stand by either if I know he can do something to help. God, it's worrying. All I can it's do now time. is I've sent out a, a whole load this morning. He delivered it out to man for the the, 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 the red bus yeah. or whatever bus has gone down to Bandon. Yeah, yeah. I've done all that. All I've done all I can do. I, I, you know, I'm a pensioner. I'm an, a widow. I can't do much more. Does it not cross your mind, though, that he is your beautiful son who's going to know, fight someone else's war? I know, of course it does. And I wouldn't mind, but he's, he's the one that helps me most. He does the garden for me, does, say, if I need shopping or anything. He's the one I can, the only one I can turn to. Do you know? 
and of course I, I, I would miss them and everything and the fact that there's no electricity or able to get in contact phones and things like that that's even a bigger worry because they might have a phone mm. but they, they might have somewhere to charge us and things mm. like that mm. and things like that that, that he wouldn't be in contact so no, you would be you would be living no. for periods long periods that's I don't know yeah. how long without that's knowing how yeah. he is yeah. exactly yeah are you very proud of him yes of course I am. Yeah. And I think what he's doing is, is lovely. You know, and I, I never thought I'd see the day that something like this would crop up. But for the likes of Putin, I mean, I suppose there's always some evil demon on this earth. I know, I know, I know. I mean, it really and truly, he must be Satan's right-hand man. So in spite of your heartbreak, you are yeah. proud of him, would not encourage, you would not discourage him. In fact, I you're doing the opposite. I discourage him in my own heart and soul because I know what it's like to lose children. I've already lost one son. Oh, dear. You know, so... Um, oh, no. No, it, it wouldn't be easy for me to say goodbye to him, but I know I can't stop him because it's what he wants to do. He has a heart of gold. He's thought it through, of course, the implications he has, of, of course. that. He's for the yeah. last couple of weeks thinking and worrying about it and wanting to do something. Has he children? No. Okay, okay. But you have, of course. He's your son. He'll always be a child yeah. in your eyes, you know. And That's I mean, what he's doing is admirable. And I know that there's other lads gone out and I know there's other parents out there in the same boat as me. Okay. Does he need yeah. help, Joan? Is that what you're saying? Well, they, he will need, they need financial help. Well, not financial help. They need the goods to go out there, like army boots. They can't go out in just a pair of shoes. They will need army boots. And I think they'll be given the helmets and um, whatever armour they wanted out there. I, I presume that anyway. You'd need to talk to him about that. Yeah. yeah, and, um, yeah. Is, he, is he available to take a call or anything like that? Well, I, I, I've given Seamus his number. I don't know if he, he's able to take a call. I did send him a text to tell him that you might ring. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. there are lads out there already, and I'm, I, I would hope if there are other fellas here, other men here, that could give a hand. Because it so says here he has no equipment or boots. Yeah, no equipment, no boots, no sleeping bag. No, he has no. What about combat things. fatigues? Will he be provided with? I haven't a clue. You don't know. And you'd have to talk to him about that. I, know, I don't know. I know. I know. It, it's from the embassy that they were told all of this, but they have to pay for their own flight. Yeah. And God only knows about coming back, you know. Uh, I don't know. Well, it's, not the, it's, it's not the kind of trip where you'd be... They can't, yeah, they can't put a date on something. No, you wouldn't be booking a return not no, knowing when you'd no, ever be coming back. And God no. knows you've a no. worry that he won't come back at all. I understand yeah. that. I, I know, know, I know, and, uh, I know. He, he's really the one that you'd need to find out what they need. But I'm sure there's other lads out there that would do the same. But began the financial side of things. I know. I know. I also know that there's a bit. There, I remember visiting once a, a big army shop down in um, an army store in Middleton. I don't know. Is oh he yeah, aware he of that? goes down there regularly yeah, for bits and pieces. Yeah, probably knows it. But just if you can find out if, if there's anything that he needs people listening here to do, whether it's to you know, is it to pay for the flight? Is it to is I, to I get equipment you really or boots? Would be better off to ask him about I know. that. Okay, it's, okay. It's, uh, the rent then is is a bigger problem. Because there's only his partner in the house and the rent, as you know yourself, is scandalous. Yeah. And we don't know that the landlord would reduce this or leave it off for a month or, or whatever, you know. While he goes know. to fight in Ukraine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. And I mean, he's, he's a good lad. He is, yeah. And he, I'm sure there's plenty more out there that would be willing to go to help in the fight against Putin. 
But again, the financial side of things is what's stopping them. Yes, and of course their responsibilities financially and, and yes. also in, in a family and way like at that, home. That, that, that yeah. There's a lot involved. It sounds grand to say, oh, he's going over to Ukraine to help. But I, I, I can't do much. I'm on a pension and I can't do much to help out. Okay, well, well, look, we'll do two things. If anybody listening is in a position to help in any way at all, let them get in touch with me. We'll try and chat yes. with your... Do you mind me asking his name? Is that okay, even his first name? Yeah, Damien. If we could maybe talk to Damien off yeah, air and I, have a I, conversation. Shame is all right, over. okay, okay. Well, let's let's and let's he, do. He'd all have that. a better idea of what's needed now than maybe. Okay, okay. He's going to I fight. He's going to fight the Russians. Okay. Yeah. All right, John. We'll be back in touch. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks, Liam. All Thanks. right. If anybody's Thanks. in a position to help or, you know, in any way get involved in this conversation, text 0868104106. Maybe there are other. Uh, people from Ireland or indeed from Cork who are not of Ukrainian or Eastern European extraction uh, that are also going to go and fight. I'd like to hear more of those stories too. You can always email neil at redfm.ie. Want to check in with the big red bus down in Mahanway. I want to have a chat again with Precision Engineering down in Bandon, Ronan Toomey. And also we've got a tracker fitted to the Arctic that travels to the Ukraine border tomorrow. All that next. Calling Red FM Studio? Call the new number, 0818-104-106. What an incredible morning it's been, only since 10 o'clock this morning, and that's an hour and three quarters ago. You remember I was making the point there about the Jaws line, the movie Jaws, the film line from it, you're going to need a bigger boat. Well, it looks that we might need a bigger bus. The absolute response from Corkonians can only be described in one word, phenomenal. Colm O'Sullivan is down at the bus, the red bus down in Mahan, joins me by phone. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. It's mildly. Yeah. Unbelievable. What's, what's the morning been like? Uh, it's been fantastic, and we've been chatting to loads of people here, and they're all very concerned about what's happening in Ukraine, and they all want to help out, and they all want to do their bit, and we have our big bus here. I, I'm standing on the bus now, and I don't think there's any room for much else really on the bus, but as I look out the window of the bus at the car park here in Mahon Point, <laughs> there's stuff falling out of the bus, and there's stuff all over the car park here, so we might have to fill the car park as well as the bus oh today. Oh my God. Oh, in but, an um, hour and a half? Half? Yeah, and I mean, this is going on till four o'clock today now, Neil, so you can imagine the amount of stuff that will be donated across the day. So it's a bit of a logistical nightmare that needs to be solved, but I'm sure you're capable of doing that. Well, you're going to need another bus. Absolutely, or if anybody who's any vans or anything that are listening and want to help out, this all needs to be dropped to Bandon later on this evening. So we've already had some people over in the market, the likes of Volcano Pizza and so on, are going to help out with vans, and we've had a few other offers. But I mean, if there's anybody else listening who wants to come down and help out later on this evening, I'm sure it'll be very much appreciated. Anybody as well, with but, a uh, van or a truck yeah, that can move it from there to abandon. And tell me, what have people been bringing? Um, well, it's very specific stuff, really, and people are kind of following it to the letter of the letter of what we want. From what I can see, um, it's been it's been a lot of stuff for kids, like the the baby formulas, the warm clothes, the nappies, that kind of thing. A lot of medical supplies as well, Neil. But what's very important to note here as well, and I've been told to say this by. Uh, by one of the lads here is that it can't be any medical supplies that need to be refrigerated or it can't be anything that's already been opened because they won't be any good and they oh, won't yeah. get there yeah. so it has to be yeah. it has to be stuff that can be just transported fairly easily with the medical supplies and then really it's, it's, it's more warm clothing and camouflage I mean it's, it's phenomenal to even say that we need camouflage clothing with a, a military situation but um uh, that's that's what they want is camouflage clothing. They want extremely warm clothing, ter- thermal clothing. So not just your your average kind of clothing that you might have lying around. Really, uh, even if people are well intentioned to bring that, it's not going to be much use. It needs like I mean, it's freezing over in Ukraine, and they need the camouflage, they need the warm clothing. It's that kind of thing. It's stuff. Thermal, thermal is very good, like thermal, thermal underwear. Yeah. 
Absolutely, thermal underwear as well. And uh, then, then stuff for bomb shelters, which is, again, seems crazy to be talking about, but anything that people could donate in that regard, like that would be handy in that situation if people are in a bomb shelter or a bunker, battery-operated flashlights, um, uh, co- kind of gas cookers, anything like that, uh, drones, any of those kind of things. Anything mattresses, be, sleeping bags. Yeah, mattresses, sleeping bags, anything that's useful in a, in a survival situation like that. So, I mean, and people have been donating all that kind of thing. As I said, I'm, I'm looking out the window here and the Red Patrollers, and there's just literally a constant stream of people coming up to Sierra Mountain. Are you having conversations with people and how moved they are when they call? Yeah, I'm chatting to a lot of people, and people people are, are just they're just blown away by it and distressed by it and probably probably worried about where it could head and they're worried for the people of Ukraine and they're worried for the people of the world and so on and they, they just want to help out and do their bit and they know there's only a small bit they can do but I mean everyone here is they're spending their own money and some people are, are donating money as well and we've had people give a couple of hundred euro and we've had people going to pharmacies and spending a couple of hundred euro on medical supplies and leaving it here so I mean it's uh, people are really really pushing the boat out so it's been it's been a fantastic response as we said it's not even 12 o'clock and the, the bus and the Red FM team are here until about four o'clock. And today can I just so. say thank you to all of the team? Because I know I just pulled this like a rabbit out of a hat yesterday morning, but you guys reacted so quickly to pull this together. I'll be forever in your debt because everything else had to be dropped to make it happen. Mm. You did an incredible job and all credit due to all of the team. Well done. It's been incredible. Yeah, and they're all doing a fantastic job. And there's a few volunteers helping out as well. And as I said, there's, there's, there's businesses and so on now who are offering to help with vans and transport later on which I'd imagine will be needed if, if the level of donations uh, keep going the way they have been going. If anybody if wants to help with transportation, 4 o'clock today at Maham Point, vans, trucks, all welcome. Big time, big okay. time um, and uh, we, we, we keep you posted on, on social media. Across yeah, okay, the well you can chat air, with so. Phil Burke and Phil will yeah. be live yeah. from Maham Point as well, so do stay on the air and stay in touch with people. Thank you so much, Colm. That's an incredible result this morning. Absolutely delighted. Um, can I just go to Ronan from, Ro- it's Ronan Toomey from Precision Engineering and Bandon. How are you coping down there with regards to what you're receiving, Ronan? Morning, Neil. Uh, I must say we're absolutely blown away by the support from everyone that's joining us. Um, Helpers, people are still arriving in their droves, dropping off um, donations. Um, we have Olin Crowley has bought his bean and berry trailer here to give uh, free coffees and teas and drinks to everybody helping and people that are calling. Like I had a buddy that. down yesterday and he was saying that it was mental down there with people dropping off. It is, yeah. Your friend Kevin, he was... Yeah. It's absolutely bedlam, like bedlam in a good way. Yeah. Like the vibe is fantastic. Everybody's chirpy. Everybody's happy. Delighted to be helping, like, and the amount of stuff is fantastic. Well, you have a fortune coming from Mahan this afternoon. I mean, will you fill that Arctic or where are you at with regards to space? Um, We'll definitely fill it. Um, We're just talking to, you know, Paddy, our driver, his son, Kevin, and his brother are now talking I've got him here, actually. Will I just pull him in? Paddy, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? They tell me you come, you've come out of retirement to take this Arctic to the Ukraine border. Well, yeah, because it been easier if I stayed working. <laughs> what you say? It would have been easier if I stayed working. It would have been easier. Um, in, in one way, it's a daunting task, but it's exciting for you as well, surely, that you're making such a difference. You're driving all of this to Ukrainian people. How does that make you feel? Yeah, it's no bother really because I'm an ex-continental driver, so I'm kind of at home in that situation. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, the gentleman who gave me the truck, Connor from Christie Lucy Transport, Balamakira, they've uh, volunteered a driver as well, Tomas Hughes. You know, he's coming with me, so he'll share the burden. You'll so share the drive. So will you do yeah. 
uh, Rosslare, France, is it? Uh, no, we're going Cox, Bruges. The Bruges. And then the drive across Europe, how long will that take you? Uh, it's about 1,650 kilometres, 1,700 kilometres, so up to 20 hours. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. But that's easy going with two drivers. It must make you feel great to know that what you're, what you're bringing, that your load is so important to women, children, men, families. It must be an incredible Oh, yeah, feeling. delighted. Happy to do it. And everybody here, they're brilliant in fairness. I never see such cooperation and goodwill. It's fantastic. We're putting a tracker on your Arctic, Paddy. Are you aware of that? Uh, yeah, I have to be careful where I stop. I so, so we'll know exactly where you are every minute of the day and night. But one thing for sure is you won't be stopping. Well, we, we will stop. We will have to wrap rules with a truck. We have oh, to yeah. Make, you can share the you know? drive, but there still will be stops yeah. necessary. Well, you're, yeah. you're the professional. You know what you're doing. But listen, yeah. I, I hope we have an opportunity to say goodbye to you tomorrow as you head off. What time are you leaving? Uh, we're hoping 11, 12 o'clock from uh, Rowan is here. Okay, maybe I could get a quick yeah. call in just to wish you well just before midday or something or 11 ish. That's no bother. And just All right. Everybody I'm at the dealing with here, they're fantastic. I'm doing the easy part, to be honest. You are not doing the easy part. Yeah. You are not. You're doing a very important part. And well done and thank you for it, Paddy. Well done. Well done. No bother. Okay, we'll chat tomorrow. So, Ronan, uh, for the time that's left, what do you need, if anything? Are you happy the way things are tipping along? At the moment, Neil, what we seem to be very short of is uh, baby food. Okay, like we're looking at ba- baby powder formula. Baby yes, yes. And there is a, an appeal from Ukraine uh, that they do need a lot of baby food. Would you like us to just hone in on the baby food more than anything else then for delivery I to Bandon and also to Maham Point? That'd be fantastic, Neil. Yeah. Okay, well, let's make that a priority then, shall we? Absolutely, that would okay. be great. Like, if, if people still want to donate, like, make baby food a priority, okay. perhaps. You okay, know? okay. Listen, hold on there before you go away because I just want to talk to Kevin Hennessy. He's a pal of mine, he's a company called Track and Trace. He puts trace machines and trackers on cars and vans and trucks and boats. If it moves, he can put a tracker on it. He joins me by phone. Kevin, good morning. Yeah, hi, Neil. How are you? This was your own idea, so well done for it. What will it be involved here now with regards to tracking this Arctic? Yeah, well, the Arctic is tracked, and I met with the two lads yesterday, Ronan and Body, and that they agreed to put it in. And the idea was that the general public can take a look and see the progress that Body is making, and all the people who donated will be actually able to see the vehicle. So we'll supply a link to Red FM, and they can um, just link it back to our bio and Instagram. And it's like Google Maps then, isn't it? Because you've sent me the link in advance and I see that the tracker is active uh, and tomorrow morning that will start moving, like as if you're on Google Maps yourself, isn't it? Correct, yes. It'll be an exact of Google Maps. We're going to use maybe Google traffic and you can see, you know, how many satellites are tracking them. Um, We're going to limit the amount that the public can see because of GDPR, but they will be able to see you know, how many miles he's gone, how many he's travelled in one day. So there's a lot of specific stuff there, and it'll be great that they can actually zoom in and see when party stops for that cup of coffee. That's right, and exactly what part of Europe he is in, he is in at any particular time. And I see it's got a little icon of a truck itself. It's called Cork Ukraine Aid, and that truck will That's be moving correct. along yeah. the highways across Europe. And the truck we put on there is yellow. That it matches the um, Lucy who gave him the truck for the trip. Christy Lucy, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know, that's the colour of his trucks, so we have that there. So it'll actually be great because the general public can actually look and see the progress that 
Paddy's making on the trip out and we'll go probably live with it to the public at 11am tomorrow and when the boys have done their drop off we will switch it off at that point. Gotcha. I know that you have trackers on vehicles all over the world. You were telling me yesterday you've got thousands of trackers hope you don't mind me saying this, in in Belarus but that the Belarusians switch them off, is that right? Uh, Yeah, I didn't think you were going to get into that but yeah, we had a few thousand because we had a server. One of our main base servers was in Belarus, and we were switching into a German server slowly because we didn't think there was that much of a panic. But um, we got notification to set him up in a different country when the Ryanair flight was forced down, and they took that guy off the flight because Europe was putting sanctions against Belarus at the time. Amazing. But then last Thursday, when the war actually started, Belarus shut down all incoming, you know, access to data so we got switched off I had 3,000 units switched off and Isn't we had that to amazing? manually switch back over to a German one Isn't that amazing? So it's been a, it's been a long weekend It has because of course we know of the, techn- the technological aspects of this warfare has different strings to its bow if you like and that's another one of course isn't it? Access and data Okay well that's for another day but certainly the Cork U- Ukraine tracker will not be switched off as it heads across Europe and people will watch it. So we will organise the link then to trackandtrace.ie and that's where the locator is and that's where you can follow the Arctic truck and that's where you can follow all of the charity from Cork all the way to the Ukraine border. It's fantastic. Thank you for doing it so quickly and fairness to you, Kevin. I do appreciate it. No bother. Um, I'll be in touch with your lads in the morning and we'll activate that link and it'll be good to go. Okay, thank you for that, pal. Trackandtrace.ie if you want to check out what Kevin does directly. Okay, so what, what time are you finishing up the um, actual collection, Ronan? At what stage? Um, I was speaking to your colleague, Kate, earlier from the, the Red Bus, and they're talking about bringing the bus out here to Bandon at approximately 6 o'clock this evening. So we've lots of people lined up to give a hand to empty the bus and to load it onto pallets and to put it into the trailer. So I'll imagine that we'll have a late night here tonight, Neil. And then tomorrow morning, everything will be and secure and safe and off. Did you, did you think when you came upon this idea that it was going to be so phenomenally successful? I had no idea whatsoever. We're actually blown away. Like it's in, in a good way, it's people are absolutely fantastic, you know? Okay. So anybody like, that wants to donate directly can do so to uh, Precision Engineering, the Bypass Band, and R. We are certainly looking very much for, at this stage, baby formula at Maham Point. Baby formula, yeah. And the other thing there, uh, Neil, before you go, um, Kevin Hennessy mentioned there about the tracker. Um, at the moment, it looks like that we have another van and shuttle trailer going again on Saturday, so maybe Kevin might also look at the tracker on that. Uh, Paddy, the driver's two sons, are looking to take that over. I think that he, I think that he'd be well up for that. You're saying you're send, you're sending a second part of the convoy on Saturday. Yes, and they'd hope then to catch up with the truck. Amazing. Okay, well let's make that happen. Let's chat to Kevin and see if that's doable. We could have two on the go at the same time. I'm very excited to watch it as it travels across Europe. And listen, congratulations so far on everything you've done. I think you're going to reach a time where you're going to run out of space, I'd say, are you? I think so. But as I say, hopefully people keep donating and we'll keep sending it. Okay, well people done. People are amazing. Like, and I just want to thank Christy Lucy Transport again from Bellamy Kira for donating the truck and thank the local businesses here. Like They've been fantastic in giving boxes and giving shrink wrap and you name it. Like People are just giving. Okay. Warm clothing, warm clothing and at this stage, baby formula. Very, baby very formula. important. We'll chat yeah. in the morning again with you. All right, Ronan, cheers for now. Take Brilliant, care. Dude. All right. Thanks a million to Great you Ronan and to me and to everybody involved. Thank you so, so much. A second convoy 
um, will go. And that's uh, fantastic news on Saturday morning. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.